Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Really, So nobody does it better, the song and the title sequence, lads. <laughs> um, yeah, it feels like it feels like a while since we discussed this, doesn't it? But it yeah. does, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know whether I remember it. it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I meant. Anyway, yes, we've talked a bit about the score from Marvin Hamlish, but this of course was the song he wrote. He wrote the music, but the lyrics were from another very Tom Pickup name. Carol Bayer Sager. <laughs> and, and everyone will go blank now, but I mean, she is she has written some of the most famous songs ever. Um, she's actually <laughs> some of these are really funny, sorry. A lot of stuff with <laughs> a lot of stuff with Burt Bacharach, yeah. So cozy, cozy. That's what friends are for, you know, with all the all-star, Elton John and all them. <laughs> On my own, Michael McDonald and Patty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oof. and Arthur's theme, best that you can do. Nice. So, all three American number ones, brilliant song. Yeah, so, what an absolute tune that is. I mean, yeah. that is a smooth is. FM staple if there ever was. Yeah, these so smooth. <laughs> do you want another smooth FM number that she wrote the lyrics to? A groovy kind of love. Really? Yeah. yeah, it was a it was a cover, I think, but you know, one of these covers that was never released, sort of thing. And then Phil <laughs> Collins obviously did it. For the film Buster, so <laughs> I saw that quite recently. Actually, it was exactly what you'd expect. But <laughs> he, he was better in uh, Hook, I think. Phil Collins. She's got to get Hook reference then uh, for 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 John. She's co-written the lyrics to three Michael Jackson songs. Yeah, all album tracks. So um... <laughs> extensive <laughs> detail. So yeah, no, no, is, I love yeah. it. Just, I'm it's going to I'm I'm struggling with his hook reference. Yeah. Phil he's Collins is in hook. Well, who is he in hook? He's a policeman. You're not thinking of um oh, Bob Hoskins. Phil no, no. no. <laughs> Phil Collins is in a scene in hook. Definitely. Oh, is he? Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brilliant. He's the yeah. equivalent of um Joe Pesci in Home Alone. He's the exact yeah. same role. 
Right, right, right. Is he? I'm hoping that. Oh, that is yeah. bonus material. It's it's yeah. the equivalent of Omi Jalili in uh, the world is not enough. <laughs> 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 I'm Glenn Close. In Hook as well. Who's a yeah, yeah. the boo box, the boo box. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What, unbelievable scene. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, some quite John Glenn Wilhelm scream action. <laughs> 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 you know what that. <laughs> John Wilhelm scream. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the three Jackson tracks for no one who's interested, yeah. From his first album, it's the Falling in Love from uh, Off the Wall. You Are My Life, I'm from Invincible with Babyface, another of my favourites. And We've Had Enough, the unreleased track math, can you remember? From the Ultimate Collection. What's right, Harry should be on this one. Harry would know. Yeah, yeah. So just remind me, what, what, what's the song? <laughs> what does it go like, Tom? <laughs> well, well, it's about seven minutes long and it never says that. It says, <laughs> we've already had enough. Oh, yeah, of course. It's got yeah. loads of electric it's guitar so in it. So incredibly Tom pickup, yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jackson dedicated the Invincible album to Carol Beasega. So, you know, when Yuri Geller did that picture, Can you remember Yuri Geller did the, the artwork in the inside? <laughs> It sounds like the name of like a uh, American college sorority. Uh... Yeah, it does. Yes, it, it does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Omega Sega. Yeah, yeah. Is she married to Bob? Say <laughs> no, she, but she was married to Bert Bacharach. <laughs> oh, Bert Bacharach. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So not um, not Carol Bacharach Sega. Big no. Now, now it sounds like a, a next generation video game console. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and she also did the prayer math, you know, the incredible Andrea Bocelli and Celine Dion Christmas duet. So. I think I know. <laughs> again, again, I think Harry's your man for. Uh, right, Rob, uh, Rob, yes. we saw Michael Bolton perform we that. Johnny did. With Sam Fly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that night is one of the greatest nights. Of my oh, it whole, was, yeah. My whole life well, it was so good. But there were riots at the end because he didn't do Soul Provider. <laughs> a riot of one, the guy behind him. He didn't do Soul Provider. <laughs> Come on, this way. And, and, oh, and uh, yeah, that, it, can we just let the, the listeners know his voice was exceptional that night? It was unbelievable. Uh, it really was. But the whole situation was marred by the cast of Housewives of Cheshire being there. Absolutely. Trying to make yeah. it all about them. Yeah. Well, they costed you, didn't they? Right? Yeah, at the, at the bar, because Bolton had an interval, didn't he? Yeah, and, um, yeah there was. Yeah, that's yeah, nice. yeah. So classy. And uh, yeah, the, one of them, one with red hair, dear Mrs. Parker, has told, <laughs> said, you know, told me her name's Dawn. Said, uh, she said, you want to buy an housewife a Cheshire a drink? She was the absolute dictionary definition of minging. <laughs> <laughs> Segways we everywhere. Him. We love them. Yeah. Do we? Do we? Oh, we? We do. We, no, <laughs> she's not on it anymore. This is probably the most famous rendition, I think, of, of uh, the song Nobody Does It Better. I think. Well, Andrew, I'm sure the uh, members of this house concur with the sentiment of this song. Nobody does it better. <laughs> does that make hook note? <laughs> Makes is me it? feel sad for the rest. <laughs> what is going on? Nobody does it half as good as you. Andrew, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
That was for Andrew Neil, his last episode of this week. There is a bar in a Barca in Manchester that has its its private room is called the Mick Hucknell Suite. Yeah, yeah. We used to watch uh, midweek Champions League games. We did, we did. Goodbye, yeah, American audience. Stop doing it for some reason. <laughs> they're, they're long gone. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. is anyone still listening? <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> So yeah, the wonderful Mick Hucknell there. Can he do a Bond song? I mean, it's, it's never going to happen now, is it? It's not hip, so... Nobody does it Have as good as you Andrew, you're the best As we've said before, I think, this is only the second time John Barry was um, not available as composer. We had George Martin for Live and Let Die. But Marvin Hamlish, of course... As we mentioned a bit, we've we've a bit of a disco vibe to it, but he's pretty much well known for his ballads, isn't he? In terms of his songwriting, and I think on the episode with Steve Clamp, we did, you know, we did decide it is one of the it's one of the most famous Bond songs, isn't it? It must be, along with Goldfinger, probably. This is probably the, the they're probably the two most famous Bond songs, I'd say, to most people. Yeah, I mean, it's it's as with so much of this film, it really is iconic. It's it's not very John Barry, so you, you can tell that it's it's not him. Sort of almost by the end for the you know the release the single version rather than the version that the, that you hear on the um, in the on the yeah, title sequence. Different, isn't it? You know, it start it, it's it's really upbeat and it's you know fanfares you know, and so it's quite in some ways I don't think it's the most Bond sounding song in the world in the lyrics as well. You know, baby and you know I don't. Know. I don't know. That seems to be quite unbond, but it's it's a you know it's a really good it's a really good track. It's one that people know. It's it's, it's so famous. You know, Carly Simon's quite. Uh, I, you know, growing up, I'm not sure I knew how famous and popular she was. She was, but the more the more I you know I don't know. The older I've got, the more I've I've appreciated that she is really popular. And of course, she did the song for um, a film that I did as part of my um, scriptwriting course, Working Girl. I didn't write the script to the working girl, sorry. We just, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's an absolute tune as well. So yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. a really it's a really a really great song. She fits it really well. And yeah, it's another thing that adds to this what you know what I was saying earlier about this um this film being sort of on its own it's almost on its own for me. I know I know, you know, there are the Lewis Gilbert element elements and everything, but just with the Marvin Hamlish soundtrack the way that this has come after the man with the golden gun i don't know it's just so it's just it's just one I don't know, it's just such a huge event this whole film and this and the song is a big part of it it sort of stands out as being well it's just so iconic isn't it it's like there's like probably a handful of songs that you think of for bond and this is definitely one of them like say goldfinger those two are probably the. If you know, if you ask someone on this, you, you know, just said, "Oh, name a James Bond song." It's probably one of those two. Maybe "Diamonds Are Forever." You know, they, they are just you know the most iconic songs. They say it's not. It doesn't have that. I think because it's, it's lacking the sort of Barry, the touch, but it does seem to hit all the buttons. You know what I mean? It's just it's. It's it's this weird like um, 
almost some, it's, it's a love song, but it's also kind of about admiration. It could be on the on the, uh, the episode with Steve Cameron did discuss it from M's point of view. <laughs> <laughs> this is if you think that it's ridiculous. Imagine him his office, baby, all the does it better? Yeah, you're the best. <laughs> sending me out, sending double seven off his name. <laughs> really are the best, baby. <laughs> But yeah, it's just it's it's oh yeah, it's, and the more I listen to it, the more I just think it's a uh, yeah, just so, so iconic. It's just a look. It's a it's a great song, and and, and actually, yeah, the older I get, the more I appreciate the score because it is such a, a, this like you know moment of time where it's set it's so seventies, and it perfectly captures the mood of that film as well. And I don't know with that film, yeah. When you think about Barry, I don't really necessarily think of the seven. I think of the sixties no. and then the eighties. And he's, Barry yeah. sort of, he's you know, even though he did some, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. So, so for me, I think of, I do think of the, the Harvey Harvey Mudlish. <laughs> Harvey, <laughs> Harvey Mudlish. <laughs> I, I do, I do think of that score more than, and obviously Bond seventy seven being like outside oh, yeah. of, it's just amazing. So yeah, I, I think for me. Yeah, it's it's, it's fantastic. It, particularly the the music, the melody is it's so classic, isn't it? And like the in, the piano introduction and everything, it's it's so. Oh, it's it's one of the best ballads of the series for me, and I know it's got the old Alan Partridge treatment to it, but <laughs> yeah. but that's got to be taken out of respect because what you've got is just a phenomenal piano intro, and I don't know, like, glang glang the glang glang, but actually that <laughs> melody, that melody, that melody is just. So great, such an amazing introduction. Stop talking about American things and let's watch the best film ever made. Welcome to America's Strongest Man, where the toughest, mightiest titan. Have you taped over The Spy Who Loved Me with America's Strongest Man? No, I haven't. It was Terry. I'll give him the tape. He's done it. It's his fault. I'm really sorry. I, 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 I really wanted to see America's Strongest Man. Well, now you've got Norfolk's maddest man. <laughs> I wanted to watch Roger Moore necking with Fiona Fullerton. But instead, I have to watch a giant Michael Bolton look-alike in a tight vest throwing an oven over bales of hay. Spy Who Loved Me is a brilliant film. It began in forest in Germany. It's Austria. The... Austria! It's the one where the laser beam goes up his jacket. Goldfinger! <laughs> What's the one with the, the with the volcano and it splits up and a big rocket comes out and there's all chinkies jump jumping down? It's not a thunderbolt. No, 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 stop getting Bond wrong! I'll tell you about the spy who loved me. All do that with your fingers round your eye. I'm Roger Moore. Bang! Blood dribbles down. We're on a submarine. Two sailors sit down and have a game of chess. And the cups start wobbling, and then a man who used to be in the Neden line comes in and goes, Why are the cups wobbling? What's going on? And then he... Yeah, you can stop doing that now. And then he pulls down the periscope thing, looks through it and goes, Oh, my God, the submarine's being eaten by a giant tanker. And then we cut to Moscow, and there's a man there, and he's rushing, he's got eyebrows, you know. And he's on the phone going, What, a whole submarine? You're joking! I'm going to have to tell some other Russians. See ya! And then, and then it cuts to James, Roger Moore, and, uh, yes, he's with a lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's necking with her. Right, and he goes, I've got to go, love. Something's come up. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. he means his cock. Yeah. <laughs> 
anyway, then he, he, he puts on his underpants and his ski suit and he gets on his skis and he starts skiing and he's being chased by these Russian shits in black jumpsuits with lemon piping. And, uh, and he's just skiing along like that and, and they start shooting at him and he goes, right, I've had enough of that, just stop it! And he, and he turns around with his gun and then he does a backward somersault off this ramp and he lands on his feet. Uh, I'm not sure why, but he's not showing off. Uh, and then he, and he goes over a cliff and he's falling and you think, oh, God, James Bond's going to die! He's going to die! But then, at the last minute... He pulls a ripcord, right, and a, a parachute comes out and it's got a union jack on it. End of the beginning. The end of the beginning goes like this: clang, clang, a lang, a lang, a lang, a lang, a lang, clang, a lang, lang, a lang, a lang. Nobody does it better. And I'm a naked woman in silhouette with a gun, spinning round. Makes me feel sad for the rest. Nobody does it. Oh, bit of nipple. Quite as good as you, baby. You're the best. Da, 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 da. And now, really big bounce right over. And I land on my feet. Da, 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 da. I wasn't looking. <laughs> somehow you found me. Oh, uh, bit of bush. Uh, <laughs> I tried to hide from your love life. And a woman swinging on a luger, a giant luger. Ooh, look at that. Uh, like heaven above me. And now another naked woman walking along the top of a gun. Completely Billy Bollocks. That's why you love me. Just keeping all my secrets safe tonight. And then one more big swing from a woman. Legs go right apart. Oh, what was that? Too late. <laughs> Nobody does it half as good as you. Baby, you're the best. Yes, brilliant. What I noticed this time round, and I don't think I'd ever noticed before, after you've got the really bizarre Cockney Dick Van Dyke version at the end of the uh, at the end of the <laughs> film, it actually, yeah, yeah, it actually follows to continues to the end of the uh, song. So the bit that's cut off in the title sequence, it actually continues yeah. the rest of the single yeah. track after that. I'm so glad about that because actually the end of that track, the coda, is just so brilliant. Like, you know, with uh, all the backing vocals going on and all the rest of it. And I think that, like, two things I'd say about the song is, firstly, it's synonymous with Roger Moore, isn't it? You, yeah. you can't help but, you know, think... I know it's saying James Bond, nobody does it better, but... You think nobody does it better than Roger Moore when you hear that song. Mm. It's, uh, yeah. And I think it's probably because he's in the video on the pre on the title scene yeah. as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then the other thing I'd say about it, it started a legacy because after that, you then had from Moonraker all the way through to Octopussy, you had ballads. And <laughs> to me, I, I mean, I, I don't mind any of the others, but none of them compare to this. This is absolutely iconic. And Carly Simon, you know, is probably not someone you would necessarily think of for a Bond vocalist. She's Americana. She's not like, she's not big yeah. brass or anything like that. But couldn't, I think that like smooth sounding Americana voice just, I think it makes it more intimate. I think it makes it more intimate song in what you're saying. And as opposed, it wouldn't have worked if it was Shirley Bassey. That, that's what I mean. No, it no, works no. with that yeah. softly spoken. The score has really grown on me. I think I previously said before that it's not a score I necessarily listen to all that all that often, but I think it fits perfectly for this film. It hits the right beats, you know. Doesn't do it like Barry, but there's still some great little water cues. And like cracking little water cues going on. So you know, 
props to Marvin Hamlish. I fully understand why he got an Oscar nomination for it because it's it's a cracking soundtrack. Yeah, he did. He got well, all three of them, of course, Carly Simon and Carol Bassinger. They got Oscar, Grammy, and Golden Globe nominations. But you light up my life. That very American, very X Factor audition song won all of them and kept it off number one in America. So it was it was by far the most successful song in America until A View to a Kill was number one finally in '85. Number seven in the UK again wasn't was Living Let Die something like number nine or something like what on earth? None of it on? makes any sense. If it was if it was nowadays, I'm sure. <clears throat> oh yeah, people are weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows what was going on? Um, but, yeah, so you, you've just said, uh, John, that it's so synonymous with Roger Moore, isn't it? A bit like we have all the time in the world is just so synonymous with Daniel Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> I feel the need to oh. just like make a sound of disgust. And I'll unmute myself again now, but... Disgraceful, Thomas. <laughs> well, that's yeah. what I'm here for, anyway. Each each one who's gone before me has used the word iconic, but there is no better word to use for it. It is so seared into the oral imprint, oral as in A-U-R-A-L, uh, of this <laughs> franchise. <laughs> Don't laugh! Maybe. Seriously, the laughs are going on here. Sorry. I, Sorry. <laughs> it's so seared. No, no. <laughs> it's so... <laughs> <laughs> but when you think of think of James Bond, you know, for people, I think, of our generation, you think of this. I mean, this is a celebration of this franchise, this song for me. It's a fanfare. It's a call to arms. And it's like, yeah, fanfare is the right expression for everything that we had all come by this point to love about this franchise and this character. So, yeah, it's brilliant. And I love how it feels like, Chris, you've mentioned before about Goldfinger being another one of the, the part of this mm. iconography. So when I think about each Bond possibly has their own title song that rises to the top, you know, <laughs> of the films that they did. And you're absolutely right. For me, Goldfinger rises up for Sean. Nobody Does It Better rises up for, um, for Roger. Obviously, George has one, but what a one, flipping out. Yeah. For Tim, it's really hard, that, you yeah. know, because um, it's a straight shot, it's a straight shootout. I know, I know, Chris, I think you're angling for the, the earlier of the two. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. wedding party. <laughs> <laughs> wedding party. <laughs> wedding party. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, for Pierce, it's golden eye for me. Yeah. It's just golden yeah. eye. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For Daniel, time will tell. Time will tell. You know my name, surely, hasn't it? I think. I, don't, I, think, it, I think some would say Skyfall, but I, I would say you know my name. Then it's about him, though, isn't it? You know, it's it, it's about Bond, and it's more that character. I think. Yeah, it sort of shares similarities with. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With this, that it is it's about this song is about the characters, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. not about the bill. It's not about the setup. It's about you know my name. Well, I, I, I'd, I would really like to agree, but I think because every single one of his film took a, films took a huge dump on the one that preceded it, um, <laughs> I think it means that the only one that resonates is the last one. <laughs> so for me, it's got to be no time to die. <laughs> is there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I also like the song, by the way, just so we know. Um, yeah, but no, everything about it is is absolutely brilliant, and yeah, I love that what John said about it in keeping with the score. Hamlet's score is just so like those cues are so nice, like the and there's a lot of strings swelling, you know. Um, and we'll get to it eventually in 
<laughs> possibly in a few years' time. But you know, shared bodily warmth, and there's a lovely shriek. Yeah. Like, you know, like that leads <laughs> you into you know. It's the I think that's the the cello equivalent of arousal. I think <laughs> that's the suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, everything fits so well, but it fits the motif of the film just so so on point. It's it's perfect. It's got the sax version of it, hasn't it? Then, yeah. Sort of oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's on the train. I think we'll come to it. But then there's oh, also yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. on the boat. There's the um. It's like I think it's an electric guitar. But then for one little bit, it, there's an oboe, and, and it works yeah. beautifully on all three instruments. It's great. Oh, yeah, it does. And this is that again using the the yeah. uh, title song in, absolutely interwoven yeah. into yeah, the uh, into the song. Yeah, into the theme. It's so good. Yeah, the way it's sung, it is sung perfect. Her voice is perfect for it. Yeah, so the, the actual, the sort of title version of it goes, like, it fades out. It goes like, meow. Sort of just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, you don't hear yeah, otherwise. Yeah. yeah. It, it no, is, uh, no. With Gogol, like, sort of peering around as if. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, you, you are right, though. You get the incredible fanfare-type bit with the brass and everything at the end, the mm. baby, you're the best and all that. So, which is pretty triumphant, isn't it? It's not just a ballad. Yeah. It starts off as a, a very soft ballad with a piano, and then it goes full out, doesn't it? And guitar, ridiculously classic, isn't it? But- it is. I think as well, the using of the, the title of the movie and the title of the book that obviously the title came from, The Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah. The Spy Who Loved Me is such a good title. I think that, that gets so washed away in all yeah. the other talk about this movie. It is such a great title. Yeah, it is. Because... It really nails the character so much. Really, really does. I just can't, can't think more. I can't hear that, that those five words. That's right. Who loves me? Yeah. Uh, without, <laughs> without getting like. Who do you think is the, the? Who's the me? Who's the first person in that? Um. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah the the lady of the piece. Yeah, the love interest. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's, she's not the spy. I'm not sure he loves him, but <laughs> no, in this film, he... <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll come on to that. We'll come on to that. But it is make, a great making. You know, it's a great yeah. title. Sorry, they could have called the song "The Spy Who Loved Me" instead of "Nobody Does It Better," which is quite interesting. Yeah, because it's the first one that didn't have the title in it. I know there was "Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang," but they didn't actually end up releasing that, did they? So it leaves it open, though, if they ever want to do a, another Bond title called "Nobody Does It Better." You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think well now, but. Does anyone do it ever again after what's just happened? <laughs> <laughs> We've just seen No Time to Die, if anyone's uh, just wondering. <laughs> there's, a, there's a famous Amy Mann cover on the Shake and Stir, the David Arnold album, which is quite mm. faithful, I suppose. But, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Very Jack Ford, very um, Magnolia, Paul Thomas Anderson films. Uh, she's yeah. done a lot of soundtracks. Yeah. So does it start off with like sounds like breathing or underwater apparatus? It has like a it's quite <laughs> atmospheric. Yeah, yeah. There's like a. There you go. It wasn't worth me butting no, in. No, no. It <laughs> it's not a bit Hutnell. <laughs> That's what we're all. <laughs> in terms of the actual title sequence, though, it's got to, again. It's got to be one of the most iconic. You've got like we've said. Roger and his flares. Looking, you can instantly tell it's him, can't you? Just the hair and the pose, the gun and everything. Graphic nudity, obviously, from uh, Morris Binder, as always. Really pretty, you know, running and bouncing around with hats on and guns and it's, it, shoes, it's, but nothing else. 
Uh, uh, the question from the kids again, why are they all nudie bears? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but obviously Roger isn't. That would be, you know... No, no. That would no. be a bit inappropriate. <laughs> obviously Daniel Craig was in uh, Inspector. Yeah. Is this the first one mm-hmm. where Bond, the actor playing Bond, features so... Well, features in the title sequence and I don't know. Yeah. Again, it's just... There's loads of things that this Bond, this film, is the first of. Yeah. Which, you know, other things I'll mention later. But th- this is an interesting one. And again, it's it's the whole thing that this is this is Roger's tour de force. The song, uh, him, his his performance, his entrance in the film. It's just it's it's just all it's it's just all you know. Roger's, like I say, his his absolute tour de force. It was his favorite film. I think he said this is the favorite of his films. And John Glenn's favourite as well. In fact, it does mark the start of John Glenn while we mention him. Obviously, he'd done editing in the second unit on, on Her Majesty's, but from now until Licence to Kill, he's on every single film. And I think it's those kind of things which make this run now. It does feel like everyone's on the same boat, don't they? Yeah. And we've mentioned before that it's the first one without Harry Salt. It's pretty much the same staff from now until Goldeneye, really. So you can see that. Progression in the series, I think, brilliant. With this film, they they throw the kitchen sink at it, don't they? I mean, like you can tell that they see that after the uncertain financial uncertainty of the moment of the golden gun, they've got nothing to lose. So when you look at you look at the basically the production design and set design, they throw the best people at this completely. And this film has everything, everything you ever want from a, a James Bond film. You, know, you think those iconic moments, this film has it. They throw everything at it. I suppose when you go to the Daniel Craig era and, and they're thinking, well, how do we throw everything at it? This should be the kind of, this and Goldfinger should be the films that should be the archetype for what you should, they're the template, that's what you should be looking at. Yeah. Because this is pure fun from start to finish. I think I'm only just starting to appreciate just how great it is because I think somewhere along the line I've got a bit lost of how great it is. Mm. But there's so much yeah. imagination in this film. Some of the design of it is just an amazing film. If there was one word to describe this film, it'd be cinematic. It's the scale of it. It's just cinematic. It's, yeah. it's an outstanding film. Pushing the, the sort of Soviet women over. It's, oh, yeah. It's, it's almost like instead of fighting you, I'll, it's like the... I'm the I'm the bundle charm you, isn't it? That's how <laughs> yeah, I yeah. that's how I interpret it. Like they sort of faint, don't they? Very much it feels like the suggestion is um James Bond's just solved the Cold War in one go. So. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it, it is all brilliant. It, it's getting increasingly hard to explain to children why 20 minutes into a film daddy's watching, there's a grown man dancing about and sometimes on a trampoline in silhouette um, <laughs> and lots of naked women with boobies flying everywhere. <laughs> it's very yeah. hard to, you know, to try to justify this. Yeah, it's super, isn't it? And it goes on, the Moonraker one is quite similar. I think that has the spinning on the gun again. You know, yeah. a giant gun on the... Yeah. <laughs> Sexy acrobatics essentially yeah. isn't it yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm surprised there's not like a horse in there that someone leaps over or uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? like old school gym gym equipment but yeah the, the, the whole like there's a shot there's, there's a shot where it's like swinging around the barrel isn't there yeah the, yeah the gun. there's lots of like clinging women like leg and a wing spinning like <laughs> It's silhouette, which is very. I mean, you watch it as now that you think, what is he doing? I would like to have been in the studio when Morris was like directing that. 
No, quick, faster, faster. Yeah. <laughs> Spin it harder. <laughs> <laughs> the music, everything about it, it's, 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 it's heartwarming. It's so, when you watch it, it's like someone's distilled bomb and then yeah. this is what you get. All the good things, some of the bad things, you know, every, it's all just in this one little, this one film, it all comes together. If you're enjoying Really 007 Pods, why not follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Look us up at Really 007 Pod. It'll scare the living daylights out of you. Should we talk about the, the main film there? <laughs> so yes, as I said before, the sort of Flash Gordon music leads us into Moscow, where we have Gogol, don't we, at this uh, incredible Ken Adams set. He tried to do it differently to M set, which is very or very compact. And by this, it's all very sparse and big, and there's like single chairs randomly in different places. And it's just, again, it, look, it just looks the part, doesn't it? And you feel that, even though you know it's a set sort of thing, you feel like you are in Russia, particularly in the mid-70s, where it was still you know, pretty tense, still the Cold War and stuff. And we've got Gogol, we've got uh, Triple X comes in, and we've been informed, of course, of this disappearing submarine and the death of her, of her lover. So it's quite, a, yeah, quite an impactful scene. Yeah, um, we, we talked earlier about um, Barbara Bach's acting, you know, just in a general scope. But um, Chris, <laughs> I'm looking at you on screen right now. She um, reads the line. may have been a little harsh. Yeah. No, no, no. But I think I think it works in this in this instance. I think it works because she is a spy. She is a hardened professional, supposedly. And um the she does have she reacts to the news with cult, like like a steely dispassion in a way. And it's the kind of way I would possibly expect, you know. So it never stood out to me as not being a misstep at this at this point. There are other areas, you know, um, and I don't disagree with your earlier assessment, Chris, <laughs> at all. I, it was good. I, you know, I quite I quite enjoyed it. And what I like, I really like the writing in this scene, though. You know, it had not escaped our, you know, our um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, notice that you and Sergey Barzov had been, you know, for some time or something like that. Yeah. Really, nice. sorry, I really butchered both the impression and the dialogue there. It's really, I really. I really like it. And I really like these little scenes in these movies, in these Bond movies that just drive the plot forward, that sometimes they're a minute long, they're 90 seconds long, but they've gone to the trouble to get the set, dress the set, get everyone there. These little scenes that just make these movies so great with all their little details. It didn't occur to me until watching it this last time that that mission at the start then, is it nothing to do with Stromberg, no. It's just oh yeah, no, no, it's not. It's just the connection say, is her, isn't it? Yeah. So there are obviously different types of you know pre-title sequence. Some of them, like Octopussy, have absolutely nothing to do with the plot. I mean, there's no chance we'd get that now. Actually, I think the pre-title <laughs> sequence to No Time to Die was completely separate and had nothing to do with the. There's <laughs> no pre-title sequences. I think yeah. it's yeah, it's about forty-five minutes long as well. <laughs> but yeah, so the the link is obviously. It's this guy, Barsov. Is that that's his name, isn't it? Agent Barsov. Yeah. And again, it shows it shows it's interesting because not only does it set up this really interesting thing of, you know, Triple X's agenda against Bond eventually, but also, you know, it, it does show that that Russia and Britain were 
opposing <laughs> opposing yeah, powers yeah. or opposing you know entities and like the you know the kgb and mi6 and everything so it is interesting and then for those two parties to come together yeah i, th- I find really interesting it's also quite nice how how her triple x's sort of experience meeting her superiors sort of mirrors bond meeting yeah her, yeah you know being kind of called into into the office and being told about something obviously it's straight off they're trying to get that kind of the mirroring that they're very much to say. Uh, yeah, absolutely love it. It's brilliant. I mean, I've been a critic of Barbara Bach's acting in this film as well, but I actually think this is a good scene. And I think it's because she has less to say. I think she's better when she doesn't say much, Barbara Bach. I think her facial expressions are quite good like that. I think the facial expression she gives when Gogol's telling the news, and there's a cracking little, sc- little cue going on yeah. underneath as well that really just emphasises the, the drama and the heart rate with it. Sets the story up brilliantly, follows on great from the pre-title sequence. I mean, at this moment, in the pre-title sequence just on that is it's a combination of both, isn't it? I mean, it's the combination of you've got Barsov, which is all about Anya's story, but the initial thing about the submarine is about Stromberg's story. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. So, yeah. It, so it, it mixes them both together. So it's... it's Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, as sorry, I said, I it, it's that. perfect. It's, a, it's an iconic film again. John looks at the moment like he's in the submarine <laughs> of... Followed <laughs> 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 by the Lyrus. <laughs> <laughs> he's in yeah. red lighting. Um, you don't need to spend hours and hours of people telling you their feelings. You know, if they, you're right, Rob. The writing's good isn't it you you could yeah. have had it done like oh no oh and you know oh, oh and i loved him so much you know something like that and yeah yeah no i, so I buy everything yeah. in that in that moment there in that yeah. little scene yeah she's so um, yeah, she acknowledges it she's she's yeah. she's shaken by that mood yeah but you know she's she's still a professional she still knows that yes. she has to get on with it that says a lot about her that's like what bond used to be you know it's like oh well i'll, I'll crack on you know I, i'm not yeah. gonna show because i'm a professional I think also yeah. my, my early comment about about her acting. I think now may have been a bit harsh because I do think that, as I said before, I think she's quite sort of, I suppose, a little bit wooden to begin with. But then she actually just warm up through the film, and I think that's also reflects her kind of the influence of Bond on her that that she does kind of warm mm. up because she sort of relaxes a bit more. It's like. I don't have to be this mm. robot, this sort of Soviet yeah, robot. Yeah, yeah. Um, well. and I think that actually, upon watching it several times since our first recording like a decade ago <laughs> i think i think i think i was yeah i, I do i do think she's she's not nearly as, as wooden as i think she it serves a purpose you know she's she's she is wooden for a purpose she's not she's she's trying to be she's trying to hold it all in and be this kind of steely russian agent and then as the film goes on she sort of just relaxes mm. a little bit more i hadn't really seen that but the, the, as well though this if you know thinking about what's happening in this moment as well she probably doesn't want to give too much away as well because she's probably in shock because gogol's just told her that we knew you were with with mm-hmm, Barsov. Yeah. um and she's probably like hell <laughs> you know, like we thought we were being dead smart. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that's probably the first time in public that that relationship has ever been acknowledged. Oh, yeah. You know, and yeah. then she's been told at the same time. Not only do we know about it, but he's dead. You know, so it's probably like yeah. massive double whammy. Release the amass of a cut when you know she's in the toilet. Yeah. Afterwards, like <laughs> smashing things and going mad about it. Yeah, I, I, but it's all it's all these little nuggets of storytelling that do just the right amount. To bring the story forward. Yeah. I love and we'll it. come yeah. on to what most of us will probably think is one of the best scenes in the film later when he confronts Bond about it. We'll, we'll talk about it later because it's just, it's so good. And Roger's on his absolute best form, isn't he? Then? 
I think, I think, I think, I think Rob's completely right. It's that the difference in filmmaking from that period to now, mm. in that just letting the audience know just enough without that sound signposting and just like, look, they're burning secrets. <laughs> this is, <laughs> you know, this is what's happening. This is, this is what. How far do you get on that economy? of acting and writing and then it's how much more rewarding it is it on, on, on the 10th you know second watch it can be so rewarding yes. to go back and you've missed up if it's just there if it's so blatant there's nothing else to it doesn't reveal anything on another, on another watch and i think mm-hmm. that's i think that's very different in the, yeah. in the filmmaking in general i think not just in bond films mm-hmm. no totally agree if you let the audience join dots themselves they their investment is so much higher because they they feel part of it you know, rather than being bludgeoned with yeah. certain things, you yeah, know, I, they feel like they're a part of this. In uh, something I read or, you know, some like script writing advice or something is always give the audience four plus four, never give them eight. I don't know. I, I think it's always give them two plus two, never give them four, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't know why I double. Quote. I always, I, I don't know why I double. <laughs> double up. <Got> carried away. <laughs> Always give the audience 32 plus 32. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Never, never give them 64. Never give them 64. <laughs> never lose your public. Yeah. Um, you link it in with the acting as well. I know we'll go on about, we've gone on about the scene umpteen times, but the, the final scene with Saunders in the cafe, it's the economy of the writing, but it's also, you know, I dread to think how many times we've seen it, but I think one or two of us noticed recently. Connery, sorry, Connery. Dalton picks up the. I've lost it. Yeah. Dalton picks up the coffee and sort of gives a little look of it. And some have said, "Oh, you know, what a little touch. You know, what a bad bit of coffee." But then someone's like, "No, no, I think it's because they've been wait. Saunders has been waiting for ages for him, and the coffee's gone cold." And you know, just think about the thought. That little, goes yeah. yeah, I know Dalton. That will be Dalton, obviously. But it's so eff- yeah. effective storytelling. It's, it is, and also if if you're economic with your storytelling as well, yeah. you can keep the run times of these films down. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And also, <laughs> so much for rewarding as well, and the fact yeah, that yeah. you can go back. That was that's yeah, what makes yeah. it watchable. Yeah. Um, you know, just keep going back and picking up on this. I've watched Living Daylights like. A lot. <laughs> and there's still, there's still scenes and stuff that I see, and I'm just like, and also, it's not necessarily, it's not like accident. It's, it's, it's oh, no, no. the way it's directed. It's the way it's acted. It's the way it's all, it's all there, and it's not just like, oh, well, someone's messed about in the background. You know, there's a child laughing in the background, or like they're putting their hands over their ears, and there's a gunshot. It's just. It, it's so rewarding, and, and also again, like when you think of when, when you think of Bond films, oh, well, you know what are they? This just like mass entertainment, but it's not actually. When you look how carefully crafted these films are made. This is it's beyond that, and I think that's that's where the sort of the legacy lies is that these are action films, they are thrillers, they are spy films, but they're much more than that. And I think that's the mm. that, let's, say, let's say that the reward is 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 just seeing just how well made how well made they are is that on the sort of repeat view yeah, is, is yeah. where you get that. Particularly this on Goldfinger have suffered a bit recently with Bond fans because they're so well known to us, aren't yeah. they? We've seen them so many times yeah. and non-diehard Bond fans instantly say, oh yeah, I love Goldfinger, that's why I love me or whatever. And, you know, the sort of Bond fans get a bit defensive like, oh, well, I, you know, I actually like, I don't know, Honor Majesties and even, even License to Kill, you know, is the more obscure ones perhaps and so oh no no you, you no no you need to see these but 
There's a reason why yeah. if, if a film bears repeated viewing, that's because people absolutely love it. And, and there's yes. a reason why, there's a reason why, like, you know, Austin, these are two that Austin Powers, you know, Goldfinger yeah, and yeah. this film. Austin Powers, you know, absolutely, yeah, Thunderball. Because, yeah. you know, and it's unfair to therefore say that they're like just a parody or pastiche or whatever you want. Yeah. You know, it's, it's because they're so iconic and, you know, they've made them, they've done that themselves. And, you know, just on Austin Powers, Mike Myers has always said he's not taking the mick. It's a love letter, basically. You know, yeah. it's his, his own way of uh, celebrating it. Yeah, and, and, and he, those films are, are, are so rich because there's so much to pick apart from the original. Yeah, yeah. the films, the homaging or, you know, yeah, yeah, of, yeah. You know that, that love letter. If it was a vacuous film, there's nothing there to, to yeah. copy or to... You know, yeah mark or whatever it's, it's because the material is so good so i was speaking to my sister-in-law the other day and she was asking me what is it that i prefer about the old films compared to the craig films oh, here we go. and i and i and, and i there is a point to this i'm not just making a rant up and 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 i kind of like verbal diarrheaed my thoughts and and she's she's far more succinct than i am and she basically said so the difference is is that craig films are character driven whereas the previous ones are plot-driven. And I thought about what she said, and I thought, ultimately, she's correct with that decision. That the, that the reason why I love the previous films is because they are plot-driven. But the beauty of something being plot-driven is that it gives space for character, character pieces, especially when you've got directors like John Glenn, who completely give full license to their actors to add whatever character mm. bits they get in. And that's why when you've got a rich plot that you want to keep going back to, you can keep going back and then bit by bit, you can start seeing the nuances that the actors have added in, i.e. the Saunders bit with a cup of tea. And that's why that for me, those old films have so much rewatchability because when you do a character-driven piece uh, in a Bond film, I'm not going to character-driven piece, I think there's some phenomenal character-driven pieces, but when you do a character-driven piece of a Bond film, which is poorly written, the issue with that is that the more you go back and watch it, the more silly it becomes. Yeah, absolutely, John. Very good. And, and, and there's no room to breathe in this, the recent screenplays, are there? They're just sort of packed. No. Such there a there is point. a lot of baggage, though, somehow, in, in particular Inspector and... Yeah, uh, <laughs> a story story will always trump everything. Yeah. Story, I, a, sto a good story will always be timeless. I, I just, I just need to thank my sister-in-law Becky just on that because she's enlightened me <laughs> with that, um, with that revelation. To be honest, that mm. that is why I love the old film so much. Get back to plot, get back to plot, and let the character of Bond be a spy, and let the actor just put their own little character nuances in because yeah. because you Bob will on. get Bob when, when you look at the fullness of things you know like i mean tim was so good he managed to pack so much of that into his two films but usually when you get the giga james bond george lazenby aside you get a number of movies to put your stamp on things yeah. and mm. your character on things so you don't have to try and do all that at once yeah, just be yeah. involved in the, in an incredible movie and by the end of it by the end of your tenure Stop. that's where you can look back and be like ah that's who he was you know, in a way, you know, point, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, I do, you don't yeah, have yeah. to jam all this in, in at once because if you do, it gets so proper or so poppery. Yeah, <laughs> we've used that phrase recently. <laughs> uh.
a scene of Spider. <laughs> <laughs> no, very very important points are these, and we we go again. You straight into more plot. We've got a, another oh, gorgeous naval scene now. Ah, oh. um, so the helicopter lands on the warship. So again, just a little shot like that is like how much effort have they gone to? to yeah, all practical. Yeah, yeah, it's real. I know. It? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Seeing him in that absolutely gorgeous naval uniform again—it's so yeah. iconic. You know, it's different to what we saw him in in uh, the Man with the Golden Gun. You know, it'd be totally inappropriate for anything in in that, or even in Live and Let Die. But he just looks so—you yeah. know—he's got such a straight back. And when you see him, you know, they're obviously—they're obviously really, really crisp guys. Also in naval uniform, you know, we get Admiral Hargreaves, we get uh, George yeah. Baker, and that. But Roger in that, he really stands out and he looks the most resplendent, I would say. Yeah, he does. He's still tall, isn't he? Yeah. So good. And also the set, again, it's just this yeah. amazing, yeah. just slant, little, little like slanted lines. Like this whole, there's no reason for the wall to sort of expose it. You know, like the wall falls back and then something else comes out. And it's yeah. just, oh. there's no reason, there's no practical reason for it apart from <laughs> it looks ace. So let's yeah. do yeah. it. It's like, yeah. yeah. Let's do it, you know. I think, yeah, Freddie Gray. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hadn't quite appreciated so much that this is the first film which has Gogo in. Oh, it is, yeah. Um, Defence Minister Fre- Freddie Gray. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, these are characters which keep coming back, keep yeah. coming back, and it's, you know, it really sets Decade, that and the yeah. you know the thing you know there have been some brilliant supporting you know sort of cast members and stuff in you know even in the craig year and everything but i think again a, sort of as the current phrase is speaking to what john was just saying that <laughs> it's not you know I, I think they feel under pressure when they get these really good actors like ray fines ben wishaw naomi harris that they have to build those characters more and everything whereas you know we don't see we don't see freddie gray you know, oh, I wonder what he, you know, I wonder what his house is like, or do you, do you know yeah. what I mean? Or, yeah, but and I think that I think they've put themselves put themselves under more pressure recently for that because they've cast such you know stars like Oscar nominees and and, yeah. and whatnot. Whereas, like, Jeffrey Wright, though, he's the exception that proves the rule, Matt, because <laughs> um, he's not been in it for 13 years. Or whatever, well, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Possi- possibly, but. I don't know. I just think with, with these with these supporting cast people, and you know, it continues into the Brosnan, Brosnan era with the new set. They're just they're almost television actors who are giving everything for the role, but they're not yeah. they're not bigger than the material. No, we we don't need to know anything about their private lives or anything like that. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's, I don't mind that so much. The odd little whiff we get of Q or Money Penny because they're going to be yeah. in. They should be in every film, really, shouldn't they? So yeah, that's fine. But yeah, you're right, Freddie Gray. I mean, they don't, to be fair, they, they haven't done it with Rory Kinnear's talent, have they? Really, you don't. No, no. Again, I, in fact, I was going to say, yeah, that I've, I've got, a, <laughs> I've got a bit of a soft spot for him, and I'm all for the character posters because he, there is an element of him being, you know, harking back to those. You know, he's a television, yeah, yeah. television actor, yeah. and I think he's a good actor, and and you know, I think he does exactly what he needs to as Kinnear. Yeah. Uh, sorry, as Tanner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's just Kinnear. playing himself. That's the problem. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Lord Lucian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Admiral Hargreaves, you mentioned a thing on the M episode, the 
Rob, do you think it is M? Do you think it's the same person? Yeah, I do, and I love it for it. I, yeah, I, I'd like to believe it because yeah. I love the idea that they promoted from within. It obviously yeah. means that um, I think possibly this is where they got the whole Mallory M idea from. Yeah, that's um, true. That yeah. You, ca- you can be promoted to these roles and that you don't necessarily, in this universe, start off in the role that you're given. A bit like the RQ thing as well, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so, no, I, 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 I and also, yeah. I just flipping love Bobby Brown. I just yeah. love him so much. <laughs> Not the, you know, the disgraced, you know, yeah. I absolutely love him so much. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the new Jack Smith. The hero of the 80s and uh, the 90s R&B, yeah. He is just so nice to watch. His delivery is beautiful. Yeah. But he's he's got this authority that you just totally buy into. Yeah. Even here as well. And I love Freddie Gray to pieces as well. Absolutely yeah, love it. Yes. But you could not, like, watching this, you couldn't see Freddie Gray being promoted to, to M. But you could definitely see Admiral Hargreaves yeah, being promoted to M. They're different, they're different, different men. Yeah. yeah, and there's different nuances in their relationship with Bond. And also, I just, I just love seeing Bond in these, like... He doesn't, oh. he doesn't show attitude or anything. You know, he, he's got his hands no. behind his back showing complete respect and, you know, you, you immediately know who's in charge. He's just Absolutely. the agent who's got to go into the field. He's not the big decision maker or anything. And I just, no, no. I, I love it. And, you know. He's not questioning the size of anyone's desks either. Uh, uh, you know, Joe. Oh. <laughs> 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 kind of rude, isn't it? I quite yeah, like awful. Find awful. Harry Godin, though, for that. I was with, I was with him. <laughs> even when, uh, even when Rogers calling Frederick Gray Freddie, it's all done in such a jovial uh, yeah, yeah. way, isn't it? Oh, they, they're yeah. a team. They're a team. Yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no disrespect. And he's no, a, is he an MP. Is he a member of the cabinet then? Yeah, he's he is. He's, he's defence minister. And, so he is politically going to be a bit more yeah. jokey. With That's him, it. Is, but but the fact is is that Freddie Gray plays his role perfectly. He's a bureaucrat, and he's there to like basically in pretty much every film. It's Max Zorin is you know or yeah. it's uh, I play bridge with Hugo <laughs> Drax, and that's yeah. right because that's what politicians do. Yeah, and, and that's it's perfect. It's a perfectly written role. That. I love it. Love it, and perfectly played too. Absolutely love Freddie Gray. So according to the James Bond fandom website. His name is Admiral Marion Hargreaves. And if you look at his, his uniform insignia, so in Spy Who Loved Me, he's a vice admiral. In Living Daylights, he's a rear admiral. So oh. the implication being that he took a demotion in order to become the head of MI6. Oh, oh wow. that's the kind of detail we are talking oh. about. Wow! <laughs> oh. I, don't, I don't know I love more of that or the fact he's called Marion. <laughs> just, put boy, just put it all together just put it all together because for me, for me I, I mean I obviously adore I totally Lee. buy it I totally buy it totally buy it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I adore Bernard Lee to pieces absolutely mm-hmm. adore him yeah yeah but Bobby Brown just I love him I, I, sorry I gotta stop calling him that I, I just love him that much that his wait so it all comes down to the way he says country club I think oh yeah <laughs> I, I just I'll help you come out well, yeah, God help you, Commander. Uh, the, oh. But the, uh, he's got, oh, he's got everything. He's got everything. So Emma isn't in this scene, is he? No, he's not, is he? No, because no. he's not. He's not in the field, which John will always say. But they're receiving him, aren't they? On the yes, submarine. yeah. Emma doesn't need to be there. This is the di- another difference, isn't it? But Ray Fiennes would have to be there, presumably. Yeah. And Emma is he's in. He's in it quite a bit, though. Still. 
Yeah. Because there's obviously lots of politics going on in the background, and we we'll later we'll see him with Gogol in um, in Egypt, which is brilliant. Again, we mentioned Ken Adam, but these sort of this machine with the lights and stuff, and how the how the the sort of the lines cover each other when they realise they're on the same trajectory. It's just that was back before computers, so there's no equivalent now. You couldn't really do it that well, but. But, I mean, even things like that, audiences must have been like, oh, wow, this is that's quite but, impressive to look at. Whether it's CGI, whether it's practical, it's a visual storytelling. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. Explaining it to the, stu- to the students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the audience. <laughs> this is what's happening. It's yeah, just... Uh, I, really like, I really like that. And I, I love... I'm a big fan of exposition in films when it's done well. Um, yes. And yeah. I, I think um, sort of slightly similar, maybe even a bit more, you know, almost telling the audience, but through something is um, in the thing when um, Wilfred Brimley's character is um, he's like <laughs> typing into a computer, like sort of some mathematical, you know, equations as to what would happen Brimley. if this thing gets out and, you know, how long it would take before it, it gets takes over the world, basically. But it's almost more. I love it more because it's, it's just a man typing at a computer with some unbelievable atmospheric music. Whereas in yeah. this, you know, you get the the thing stuck on, and then everyone's reactions like, "Good God!" or you know, it's just, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> really, it's, it's, it really it, works. It's like you're backing up the words with visual. Yeah, and you've got that double whammy of right. The points got home. The jeopardy so much higher. The storytelling here is that good that like they've double whammied you here, and your investment is as an audience member is is even bigger because you've seen those lines on the map drawn drawn up. You've not just been told about it. You've seen it too. It's it's just it's just brilliant, and I, I love how you know now you know getting on for forty five years later <laughs> that it's so quaint holding up the big you know the big piece of perspex with yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know that, with a line written on drawn on it you know yeah. that kind of thing it's so ace I, I love it because at the same time as it being timeless in its storytelling but it's also very much as we've said in the music sense a product of its time yeah and i do love that and then the stuff the, the yellow tube sorry i absolutely oh it's it, gorgeous you know. in the script it's basically you know what a couple of pages yeah that it's just these characters coming together and basically they explain that the route has been stolen and that the, 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 the baddies have figured out the submarine's route. There's so many ways of actually playing that, isn't there? It's all like, yeah. oh, well, you can just have a couple of characters explain it. No, we're going to yeah. build a massive set. We're going to have like <laughs> half a dozen ace actors and they're all going to just do it and everyone's on the A <laughs> game. And it's just, it's just, there's so much to it. It's yeah. just, it's, uh, it's why I love watching these films again. It's like, you know, like I say, like on, on paper, it's like, I suppose in a novel, it's probably like, you know, could be a couple of sentences. Massive sets, yeah. reveals its mechanics. Just, oh. I, I don't mean to call back to die another uh, sorry, not die another day, <laughs> no time to die again. But you know, we were talking about the effort gone to. There's a moment in, in No Time to Die where Nomi says, These, you know, these are the blood samples I got from the funeral. What? What? What funeral? When? When did you go there? You know, that kind of thing, like, yeah. like. And and you're right. Like it can be, it, it in one way it can be glossed over as quickly as that, which is mm-hmm. cool. Which is one way of doing it, and that is absolutely cool. And in a in a film that's two and two and nearly three hours long, it's probably best that we didn't have a funeral <laughs> in there as well. But, but at the same time, if you can do it with this economy, with all these guys pulling out all Nash. the stops, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is how this is it. This is it. So it's all makes it a bomb film, isn't it? Though? Yes, it's like, Ken, yeah. it's like Ken Adams. We need to we need to design a set for like a, basically a, 
two minutes yeah. scene. If, if yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's not all, all the dialogue in the scene is some of it's when he gets off the helicopter, then you've got the, the Ken Adams set, and then he goes back outside yeah. with just Freddie Gray. You know, it's yeah. it's all done so quickly, these quick scenes. I don't know. It just makes you feel like there's more at stake. And I don't know. You, you just feel like you're in that world, don't you? With proper stuff going down. And it feels like Bond's knowledge as well. He, he seems to know quite a bit about uh, the situation. Yeah. And it's that, you know, in Octopus, he does it really well, you know, sort of showing off with all Scaramanga, reeling off all this information and oh, yeah. Bernard Lee getting yeah. fed up with him and stuff. I love all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because he's deeply competent. That's the he thing. Is, he is. Yeah. James Bond is supposed to be a deeply competent guy. Yeah. yeah. And but, uh, he, uh, it's the mission. Yeah. So I was, I was thinking like earlier today about like how the show, like the practicalities of, 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 of what Bond does, but it's also part of the story. Like, for example, in Goldfinger, he arrives, he goes, obviously gets his plane, his, 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 his car is shipped to another country. But you see yeah. that, he arrives at the airport and he sits there and he's on the, isn't he? He speaks to the guy at the airport. And obviously you see logistically, this is how his, his car is going to get from England to another country in that massive yeah. plane. But within that scene, it, there's other things that are revealed. In the same way that this, you see Bond arrive by helicopter, he goes to the meeting, and then he also leaves. So you see this. there's a real sense of this is a world, and this is a practical thing. It's not like people magically appear with all their equipment and their cars and stuff in another continent. It's like, well, how did they get their Aston Martin to Italy so quickly, or <laughs> yeah, to, to Norway, yeah. or to here, yeah. or to this? It's the same car. It's like, yeah. it, but but in in showing it in, a, in, in, a, in an interesting way, you're also adding to the world that it's there's much more to it rather than just like cut to and everything's all just sewn up and everything. The only other thing to say about this scene is, of course, we get the Navy commander scene again, the, the outfit, sorry, in Tomorrow Never Dies, which is yeah. gorgeous. And we've seen it in You Only Live Twice, of course, Lewis Gilbert, but just imagine the other actors in it. That would have been absolutely even Daniel Craig, you know, it would have been, yeah, well, yeah, they might possibly do that in no time to die, but alas, no. It, it, it's it's just a, a gorgeous scene. Right, the next scene, the Atlantis. I think we get a brief glimpse of uh, someone you like, John, introducing Doctor Beckman. <laughs> yes, well, yeah, yeah, Professor Markovich and Doctor Beckman, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Naomi, basically. So, yeah. sad facts about Dr. Beck. I, I can't remember which one's which. Who's the one with the beard? <laughs> they look like um, Ted... Um, Ted Wright, yeah, at church. Ted Wright, at church, yeah. <laughs> is, it, is, is he Beckman or Markovitz? I don't know. I, I always go, well, let's sort of think, my left to, their left to right. So I always think Beckman is the first one and Markovitz is the one with the beard. Yeah. But, <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I find them very like I can imagine them being on faulty towers. Or... Yeah, I was just about. To... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that where they've got, that where they've come from, or that's where the helicopter was going back to? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talky. <laughs> there you go. Actually, yeah, I do know who's which one's which. Beckman is the non-bearded Beckman. So Beckman, yeah, because he he has appeared in. Um, very, very John film. I wasn't the, the pianist, apparently. Oh, I loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved that film. Yeah. I'll have to see it again, sister. 
I, I just, yeah, you need to see it a few times for you to, to understand it, John. Do not understand that, mate. Oh well, <laughs> uh, I'd say it gets better with second viewing, but that's yeah. uh, that's quite sadistic to say that about uh, <laughs> a Holocaust film, yeah. isn't it? Really, you know. Well, he's, he was also in Jesus and Nazareth, so there you go. Right. That's the Ted Wright connection, perhaps. No, that's the other one. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Well, Jennifer was watching this with me, not the, this time, I'm sorry, the time before. Her comments on, I think it was Naomi, was because that's an appropriate outfit for someone in her position. <laughs> it, it gets worse as, as we go along. <laughs> yes. Sheesh is a good word. Sheesh is a good word, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's another lovely set, though. Good grief. The oh, dining it's, room. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's I, so iconic again. It's just... It Oh, it's yeah! All the money in the world you want being thrown at this at this film, you know, Stromberg throwing money at it in, in within the film, but it's it's just delicious. It definitely has that Blofeld vibe, like you know. I remember in saying yeah. like you only I know because obviously Stromberg has very big Blofeld kind of um, links, and it was initially supposed to be that. Yeah. But even in like you only have twice in the big volcano base. He has a bit where he has a fireplace with a load of gorgeous paintings going oh, around yeah, it, yeah. and 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 it does. That those paintings certainly do have that Blofeld vibe about. Yeah. Can anyone name the the famous painting that's featured? One of. Them? How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Absolutely. I mean, well, I only are, know, I only know the names of about people are screaming at this. Yeah, I only know the names of about four paintings in the in the world ever. So, uh, you know, the birth of Venus. Come on, uh, Botticelli. Yeah. Come on. Right. Uh, you know, from, out the um, coming out of the the shell in it underwater. Anyway. Well, right. apart from like the license to kill painting by Sean Longmire and uh, <laughs> the Moonraker moon space battle yeah. by Billy well, Bondart, I'm not really yeah. <laughs> yeah. Robert Brown in No Time to Die. And Robert Brown in No Time yeah. to Die, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a ridiculously long table, isn't it? It's just, yeah. It, it reminded, that reminds me of Batman, of course. You know, could you pass the salt? 
Sorry, yeah. you know when they're, they're in the Vicky yeah. Vale, yeah. I can't hear you. What a scene! Um, I'm so sorry. When we were kids, you know, we'd say me and my brother would say to each other, you know, from the end of much smaller tables, like because one of the lines is, "How's your soup?" Yeah, How's yeah. Your, yeah. My, my yeah. what? Your soup. We would say, "How's your poop?" <laughs> my, my oh, yeah. yeah, remember <laughs> your poop. <laughs> <laughs> All Baby kids work. Baby work. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Eating lobster, aren't they? Uh, he, so he's eating lobster, which again is you know quite a decadent thing to be doing. Babyish as well because it's seafood. Just realised. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that is babyish. I haven't <laughs> thought just of that. Realized. Isn't, that, yeah. isn't that for him like a form of yeah. cannibalism? Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. That was for his mates. Yeah. Fish eat yeah. smaller fish, do they? Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, circle of life. Yeah. Weird. Fake grapes, I noticed as well on the table, probably because of Blu-ray. They, they look Gorgeous. Good. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Blu-ray I mean, does add, add a great deal to these movies. Oh, yeah, it does, does, yeah. yeah. The main thing, of course, as well, is seeing the, the screens mm. which are showing the, the the fish and the, the sharks and everything going around. And it's so iconic against it, <laughs> it is. It's a brilliant. It's not even his layer. It's just like his room, and it's not even his his other room, which we'll see later, where he gives Mister Sterling the tour. I mean, that's another incredible room. Oh, look, that's my favourite one. That's where I'm yeah, spending yeah, my evenings. Good. Tough day oh. of work, you know. So cozy. Bombing people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going back to my aquarium suite for for this one. Oh. But just yeah. contrast this to like. And I'm not criticizing the man with the golden gun, but it's what? man with the golden gun. There's 11 people in the film. It's stripped back in a lot of areas. <laughs> and then you come to yeah. this and you've got, I mean, this is yeah. like, it's like be here now with Oasis. It's, it's what can you throw <laughs> at this? I'm going to crank everything up to 10. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying under any circumstances that Lewis Gilbert was snorting copious amounts of coke. I'm not saying that. Or anything <laughs> but, but, but what I am saying is, is that we're just going to throw everything out in it and, and it's just all the better for it. You know? Are you saying That's a good that, question. Sorry. Are you saying that Be Here Now is better than what's the story of Morning Glory? No, no, no. I'm saying they are all great in their own right. I mean, I love Be Here Now. I'm never going to criticise yeah, that. Underrated. Very underrated. What, what an yeah. album. Dearing me. Oh, <laughs> what you did, what you missed there, listeners, is when John said "four," he immediately drank from a goblet of red wine. <laughs> 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 it looks so good. It did. New James Bond, license to kill. Yeah, yeah, license to kill. Would be killed. And then Princess Leia walks in. So the, the same hair, silly haircut. <laughs> No, with the no, uh, what the well, <laughs> the, um, the Danishes on the side, the well, uh, I, 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 without giving too much away, I know there's I know Princess Leia fantasy is pretty babyish standard thing, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> in my also the Naomi fantasy is far more prevalent. Give <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this girl a chance as well, you know. Yeah. Oh, the other one. Oh, you yeah, mean yeah. Uh, Raquel, Raquel Watts from Coronation Street? <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah. She just looks like Raquel Watts every time I look at it. Yeah. I'm waiting for Curly to come in I... with her. <laughs> it's it's not the only Coronation Street. I was just about to say. reference we're going to get to tonight. I we will, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was really? in, it was mentioned in our allies. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. 
Yeah, so the, these sort of dweebs in the suits, aren't they? These these um these scientist type guys. Stromberg thanks them for creating the submarine tracking system. So again, that links them to the plot and what we've just seen on that gorgeous graphic. Ten million each. I mean, yeah, yeah. How much would that be now? Like about eighty million or something? It's an insane <laughs> amount of money, isn't it? It really is. You never get it, obviously, but. No, cancel transfer. Um, yeah, I, lo- I love that. You know, like he'd ordered the transfer, then he cancelled it. Like, just don't yeah, yeah, yeah. in the first place. You don't need to. <laughs> oh, that, that, that. That's what surely people should do. That like, I'm going to kill them, so might as well have my money back after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, just don't even have to do it in the first place. Just yeah, yeah. Um, you know, well, obviously we haven't had, we haven't talked about the we woman, the woman being. Yeah, we haven't got there yet. Yeah. <laughs> he, he does say that. Yeah, someone in the organisation has been has been yeah. committing sabotage. It's quite this is very again. again yeah, you only move twice, isn't it? Where you think mm. he's going to kill Asato yeah. and, and Thunderball yeah. as well in the um, in the oh. conference room. He's got a set yeah. flair for the theatrical, though Stromberg hasn't he? Though he's like, just a bit, thank yeah. you for all your hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just a bit. thank you for all your hard work. But a terrible development yeah. has come yeah, to my yeah. attention. Like, oh, quite scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is our first introduction to Kurt Jurgens, isn't it? Or Kurt Jurgens? Kurt, yeah, Kurt, yeah, Kurt He's, I just love him. I just love him. He never gets mentioned, does he? In the sort of never villains, maybe in real life by non-Bond fans, maybe they think of him a bit higher up than. Is it possibly because of the slightly silly webbed fingers? I think partly because he's quite old. I think that goes against him. Yeah, he's not as uh, he's not as a physical threat. Mm. People seem well, to hate. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're days and months away from how he is dispatched, but <laughs> people seem to hate that scene. I, I, I love, love it. That. Absolutely I love it. it. Yeah, I I think he's an incredibly effective villain. I I, I don't think the webbed the webbed fingers um, go against him. In fact, in, if even being honest, Rob, I actually think that they could have made more of that. Yes, because I think mm-hmm. that I think that um, in some ways. The stereotypical Bond villain. You're looking for some kind of deformity, some kind yeah. of distinctive feature, and because he, I'm because sure his red fingers aren't aren't obvious, he doesn't look like he has a distinctive feature. Yeah. What he is though, he's predominant. He's just evil through and through. There's yes. never a scene where he's charming or a scene yeah. where he's nice. He is just evil through and through. And I think sometimes that may go against him because there's not that much dimension to that. But I mm-hmm. love him, and I think he plays it perfectly. I think Drax is an improved version of him. I think they, mm-hmm. they have the even more culture to yeah. Drax. And some, yeah. um, and some even more interesting dialogue, I think, you know, and yes. yeah. flamboyant, you know, in the way that... Dialogues. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I'll have Sorry. no complaints with him. He's brilliant. What it shows you don't need, though, to be a compelling villain is oodles of backstory, because there ain't none. Yeah. The best villains have no backstory. Yeah, they're just they're just baddies. They um, are baddies. They come to us evil and fully formed. This is without going on my soapbox. This is not necessarily even just a criticism of Bond. It's a criticism of modern day cinema. Yeah. They always have to give a backstory as to why somebody is evil, and and one of my biggest pet hates is in the um, the live uh, version of Beauty and the Beast. And they added a scene. <laughs> Wasn't it they added that, a, yeah. 
No, no, but they added a scene because obviously in the story Beauty and the Beast, the, the prince is just vain and beauty, and therefore he be, gets turned into a beast because he he rejects the old lady who turns out to actually be the uh, the witch or whatever you want to call her. However, in in the live version, they put this scene in where it's about uh, he was rejected by his mum, and that's why he is has got all these feelings and this is why he rejected yeah. the old lady. And I'm like, no, we all have things that happen to us in life, but some people are naturally just vain. Some people are naturally that way inclined. And we don't always have to try and justify why someone's like that by giving them a big backstory. Yeah. And and I think that Bond's all the better for that, that the old yeah. villains, they're just evil. And we like that. And it's, it's binary. It's good v. evil. But actually... We're here to be entertained, and this entertained. Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundreds. Yeah, we can mention Kurd while we're while we're on here. Actually, he had German and French parents, born in Bavaria, and he was then. This is incredible. He was sent to a Hungarian internment camp, internment camp, for being politically unreliable after criticizing the Nazis. Yeah, what a guy. Mm, Lynch. So I don't know, he must have got out by the end of the Second World War. He was then a journalist and then he and then he became an actor in Vienna. Vienna? Yeah, Vienna. Yeah. <laughs> don't joke. And he, he yeah, then sorry. became... <laughs> oh, we're paying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he became an Austrian citizen anyway, yes. Well, he's babyishly in sort of English language speaking films. He's usually a general. I think he was in Things, but again, I always turn to Chris on these sort of things. Force 10 from Navarone. I mean, I don't. Yeah, Force 10 from Navarone. Is that the one with Harrison Ford, isn't it? Yes, I think it is actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Sequel to Guns of Navarone with uh, Gregory Peckery. Is uh, it Alice McLean? <laughs> uh, oh, it might be. Is Death Train, of course, the Brosnan. Um, mm-hmm. and yes. What is Kurt yeah. Jurgens in that? <laughs> 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 Chris <Christopher> Lee. <laughs> Yeah. Six foot four, yeah. Kurt Jones. Wow. He's taller than Roger. You, you don't pick that up, do you? Yeah. They don't make enough no. of that. No. No. Even a bit like George. Charles Gray, famously in Diamonds Are Forever. He's really tall as well. Really? But they did want him to tower over. I think he was even taller than Sean Cotton. Yeah. Really tall guy. So, like, as much as I'm laughing at the thought earlier of. Kurt Jurgens and, <laughs> and Roger Moore having a scuffle in next to a fish tank, which is what I'd love to see. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not actually that stupid. It would be well, great. Yeah, he's not that. He doesn't look the, in the greatest of shape. <laughs> well, you know. Do you want to guess how old he was? When agile. Yeah, he, he looks like our, he looks like our Graham. It's the silk. Yeah. Yeah, he does look like Graham. Yeah, <laughs> silk skirt, shirts and scarves. Yeah, yeah. Butty. I guess. Yeah. If he was in something a bit more, you know. Yeah, Kip yeah. 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 <laughs> Platforms. Do you, do you want to guess how old he was when this was being filmed? I don't think he was that old because he died by the time he was 66 and, and that yeah. was in the 80s. So He was three years older than Roger Moore in A View to a Kill, if that helps. 61? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> no age, is it? No. It's, well, no, it's, it's no age at all. But um, Wow. Jeez. Yeah. She's correct. Uh, yeah. He was married five times and yes, you're right, Johnny. He had a he had a repeated heart attacks. Um this is it's not funny at all again, but pre- he previously when he'd had his other heart attacks, he'd had 
near-death experiences, and he claimed he had died and gone to hell. Oh, <laughs> On each of the story. previous... I don't know. I think uh, <laughs> these are just little sick, sad facts that I pick. Well, it's probably not a fact, that is it. But a little yeah. bit of trivia. Yeah, harrowing. Oh. So this must have been one of his, uh, been one of his last roles, but... Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, we'll talk about him as we go along, but he, I love the way he's introduced. You see him doing awful things. We've said <laughs> so many times on this podcast that we want to see the, the baddies do bad things. And even when mm. you don't, it doesn't necessarily mean they have to be in a physical fight or kill them with a gun or, you know, a dagger or whatever. It's that blowing these guys up in the place. I'm flipping out. It's not on, is it? Uh, oh, it's funny. But... <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like saying before, like, I don't need backstory. He's like I know from the tone and the opening scene, he's the baddie. Like I know yeah. that Darth Vader arriving on that spaceship oh. is he's the baddie because the music tells me the way he's dressed. Oh, I don't need to know yeah. what his background is. I just know he's well, the I don't villain. know the prequels, so worse since well, yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love how we keep saying, like, we'll, we'll talk about this as we go along, as we're not going anywhere. We're, we're not, not going, going anywhere. Not going Static, along. yeah. <laughs> One of my favourite little things about Kurd Jurgens is he starred in The Longest Day with, well, many famous actors like John Wayne and Richard, Richard Byrne, Henry Fonda, but even more importantly, Sean Connery and Gert Frobe. Oh. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's more Mega of a bomb reunion than the no okay case. Serious <laughs> film, right? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has, has anyone seen it? Is it available? Yeah, no, but it's got it's got a very high. It's got a seven point eight out of ten. Oh, yeah, it's great. Wow, oh, he was also in. He was also in the Battle of Britain. Oh, there it is. By <laughs> Guy Hamilton. Yes, that it's also it's like that, that, that pool of actors. Yes. Yeah. Robert Shaw, it's yeah, just ah, yeah. oh, just amazing. And they're not necessarily name actors, but they're just like good yeah, actors. Working who, actors, yeah. Yeah, I think Ken Adam was saying he was really impressed with him on set because he could speak about six languages, and the guy was so impressive. <laughs> they're just incredible people, aren't they? He completely owns that role. Mm. Yeah, like yeah. like he is Stromberg. It's like, could you imagine anywhere else, sort of? Playing it, he just no embodies that 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 role. That's that that's it. And what more can you ask for an actor? Yeah, you cast them. You are that's it. You're, you're It's not like I've got to make this a bigger thing than it is. It is. Mm. I will be yeah. the villain, and I will do it really well. And he's used sparingly, isn't it? As well, you know the yeah. You don't sort of bash yeah. him in the head with it. He he's in it just every now and again as a as a threat. He's probably overshadowed by Jaws, who's probably more used in the film. Yeah. But yeah. that doesn't mean that's not a criticism of Strongberg. He's still he's performed brilliantly for what yeah. he does. You know, he's great. Yeah. Because him but and Drake have that henchman, don't they? they? Yeah. For their physical to do the physical stuff, even though they're both massive, probably. But does he have the best bad guy layer? You know, is that is is Atlantis the best baddie base? <sighs> it's up there, isn't it? Oh yeah. I'd, it's definitely it's only twice. So just yeah, those two. Yeah, the, the... the way it's introduced is so yeah. great. The 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 because uh, it is model work, isn't it? As it comes yeah. out, yeah, it's, it's the combination though, isn't it? That's so but impressive. It's so imp- incredible, but... and the music like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's so oh, good. And 
not only, you know, this set, but the shark pit set as well. You know, yeah. I feel like I could draw it yeah. all now, you know, without looking yeah. at it on the screen or anything. I could draw it all and it would be reasonably accurate. I mean, it might be a terrible drawing, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I can picture it so vividly and it's just, not, it's just magnificent. You've, you've got, um, you've got, well, obviously you've got the Ken Adam and Lewis Gim Gilbert combination that works perfectly every time. Yeah. But what you've also got in this film is Derek Meddins and, and Derek yeah. Meddins and the model work and, and, Atlantis has got Stingray written all over it. Yeah, yeah, so it does, like, yeah. And, and, and Derek Meddings did, yeah. did Stingray. And and you think like uh, some Marineville coming out, but I can't I can't remember what the bad guy's called. I think it's called Titan or... Yeah, I think it's Titan. And he had an underwater base which had the kind of rounded windows like Atlantis oh. has. Mm -hmm. But obviously, like, it's one thing doing it on the greatest battle of Stingray, but a show of... Yeah. TV show for puppets, it's another thing <laughs> doing it on a cinematic scale yeah. like this. It's in, it's outrageous. He, got, he did get an Oscar nomination, Ken Adam. So it is oh, it's quite nice to see quite that, right too, And I yeah, saw a film very recently which he won an Oscar for, you know, a massive name director, but Chris, can you an American director living in England and he did all his sets as well. Kubrick. Kubrick. Yeah, that. Kubrick, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, okay. He won an Oscar for <laughs> two years before this. That's strange, though. No. No one mentions it. No one's ever seen it. Stephen Jones is obsessed with it, by the way. Barry Lyndon. <laughs> Barry Lyndon. Barry Lyndon. Barry, the man, <laughs> man Barry. Yeah. Oh, Barry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Barry. Three and a half hours. Cheers, B. Oh, man. Yeah. So when you say no one ever talks about it, I'm, like, I'm always talking about it. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. I, you're I not, mean, you know. You're far from everybody, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not. You're, yeah. not, you're not your average man on top of the Clapham omnibus. <laughs> In the best possible way. <laughs> You can get it, okay, so, yeah. Ken Adam, I mean, goodness me, this is probably his most iconic film, isn't it? Even this set now, so this is where the assistant's death and oh, the air on a G-string, you know, the bark playing in the yeah. background, it works so well, doesn't it? There's quite a lot of classical music in this film. Yeah. And this is like, as a kid, this is probably the first time I've heard these pieces, you know, these oh. great classical pieces, yeah. isn't it? All you can think of is that... Ah. You know, sliding down, <laughs> dying. I've got in my notes here, Tom. Tom, please, can you do the the secretary being pulled under for the last time? It's such an unusual noise. I mean, it's very different to you know the woman at the start of Jaws. I've forgotten the name of her. Oh uh, yeah, like the hypervisual, oh, yeah. the, um, the most Chrissy horrific. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the most horrific sounds ever. But this, oh. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm well, in danger like doing the, 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 uh, the, the point. Like, yeah. 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 You know, oh, in Jaws, and then yeah. it's, it's awful. Horrific, it's absolutely awful. Horrific. It's terrifying. But yeah, here, I, won't, yeah. I won't show Robin, my, my boy Jaws, no, but no. I, did, I did show him this. You know, I, he I thought also, this was great. It, it, it's, I, I did, I mean, I found it pretty scary as a, as a kid. And, and um, I, I also find quite cocky uh, of Stromberg to, you know, while she's being killed, he, he, you know, yeah. um, he, the shutters start no, coming didn't. down. You know, so he's like, right, yeah, you know, she's... He's he doesn't he? Yeah, 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 the voiceover. But the way he puts the shutters oh, yeah. down before she's even, you know, it's still going yeah. on, the, uh, the, the, yeah. the attack. But it's like... It's like... Again, how, 
the you know. softest, loveliest melody, the, the strings going to that. I love the the juxtaposition. It's, yeah. it's not wording it, isn't it? But oh, it's it is. so well done. It's absolutely yeah. brilliant. That yeah. I mean, if John Barry would have probably written a similar kind of lovely piece to accompany yeah. it, if it was him, maybe like he does in Moonraker so yeah. well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, yeah. You know, the death of Corrin and yeah, just, oh. Snake. Horror films. But, but I think that the I think that the biggest credit you can give to Hamlet is is that I, I mean it's the best possible way you don't miss Barry in this film. What he does, is yeah, yeah, is serviceable, and I think that that's a, for me a great that's that's the biggest compliment. It's when you go, yeah. oh, if only Barry did it. That's when you think to yourself, yeah, yeah. It. But I think Hamlet does a great job with this. This was obviously. Johann Sebastian Bach. It's it's quite obviously that, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. he he obviously well he him or the director yeah. obviously chooses that we're going to use that kind of music and and that is just as important, you know, just as it's very important that in License to Kill we hear. Oh yeah. <laughs> so out of place, but still. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that that music is being played? Because you do hear. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he's playing that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh, like um, what do they call it? There's a um, didactic. Didactic. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People um, screaming again. In the in the. T- <laughs> well, should we do a quick live Google? Just find out. Just got to look through which of my tabs I can actually shut because there's not many I can. Uh, <laughs> some of them are extremely valuable. <laughs> that Caroline Monroe one can't. Can't. Be yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just won't go away. Yeah. <laughs> can you remember though? What the air on a G string? There's no one will remember this, but it it was on a some adverts which we had recorded, possibly in the eighties and nineties. It was used as a as an advert for the, the Hamlet. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Happiness Directed, is directed by Gary Ritchie's oh. dad. Oh, and <laughs> 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 who featured in a lot of them? I seem to remember. Russ Abbott, wasn't it? Russ Abbott and uh, yeah. Rab C. Nesbitt. <laughs> with his cold and he's doing he's trying to do yeah. the uh, gets his yeah. passport photo and his shirt yeah. drops and his hair's like I do I do oh, come remember, on yeah. I'm not that old <laughs> no <laughs> I'm with you I'm with you totally Sorry, with you sad. Uh, Rob didactic d- d- uh, didactic music I've got um, di- diegetic music Sorry, yes yeah, yeah. Is m- it- <laughs> <laughs> no time to diegetic um, diegetic music is, that- is music in a drama that is part of the fictional setting and so presumably is heard by the characters. Right. Nothing to do with the Sharon Funhouse is the biggie, isn't it? He, how much of that? Yeah. Is <laughs> yes. I think I'd, I'd write a dissertation on that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's in the, it's in the, yeah, the saloon. Anyway, I yeah. think, think since we started recording tonight, we've done two minutes of the film. <laughs> <laughs> Another fact: Do you know? Do you know where the shark scenes were filmed? Like the underwater. It's quite babyish. They always seem to film them. The Bahamas. Bahamas. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Oh, it's such a love the Bahamas. Yeah, it's just yeah. an excuse for the crew to get. It's got that Bahamas. unmistakable, you know, the the, the colour of the water and yeah. the shark yeah. uh, that. George the Revenge, oh, so, fam- yeah. so famously. Uh... The bluest water you've ever seen. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to mention George the Revenge because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what a film. Good. Yeah. Some of the scariest bits of the, the franchise. Oh. The worst, it's got the worst death in the franchise. The 
uh, Sean at the start. Yeah. yeah, that's really, really awful. The dialogue and the acting in that film aren't that bad. I don't know whether you've ever dialogue. thought Oh, yeah. <laughs> you listen to the spiral. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, but John, you make a big point. It was influenced by Jaws, the film. Oh, I'm I'm only Josh, you know. I, yeah. I think it's great the tangent. I think whoever is uh, who's still with us after six hours of discussing this <laughs> up to this point <laughs> you deserve a medal because I tell you what, stick with it because we've got lots to come. <laughs> <laughs> Just while, while we're on Jaws, I can't let this go by. But Jaws Two is the the Superman Three of my world of oh no oh yeah and (laughs) math can you do an impression of one of the most awful you know that blonde girl who's stranded and left alone and then and then they sort of find her is it ellen Brody hugs her and she she starts having a breakdown and and it's like oh mean jaws too yeah yeah Went supersonic then. I don't think you'd hear you. The dogs howling. Yeah, yeah. The neighbors, <laughs> the neighbors are, uh, are complaining. Because yeah. there's the hip that like the the was like hippie-ish girl in the first yeah. one who when she sees it go into the pond, the, the yeah. area oh. of the you know like she's like shy, yeah. shy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what good. a flipping I movie. Mean, Stromberg. Um, <laughs> oh, John him. No, no, Beckman. The professors then leave and really ham it up with the one of you know the way they stare because oh. they as they look it's at the elevator so floor. It's so good, and that's the you know plan and payoff for later, of course, isn't it? When yeah. Bond gets there, yeah. Once again, gentlemen, my most profound thanks. Yeah, it's so good. After you know, after he's this is evil. This is how to be a villain. Yeah. yeah, you, you yeah. know, you you whack someone horribly who's done you wrong, uh, and then you're dead nice to the people who, you know, <laughs> yeah. just to remind them that our line, get in the tank, you're yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and and I'm guessing we fully expect that he hasn't actually transferred ten million pounds well, to each of the well, bank accounts because well, obviously he just blows them up then straight away, doesn't he? But cancel he, transfer. Yeah, he cancels it. Do you think it? he has that? Yeah. Oh, cancel it. Oh, yeah, yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Tom, I've just had it ready yeah. to go. Tom's yeah. always been obsessed, and therefore we were obsessed when we watched it, of how it blows <laughs> up almost as soon as his exactly. finger touches yeah. the uh, the button. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not <laughs> like there's no time delay. It's like... Yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? The web Incredible te- yeah. technology. Oh, yeah. He does everything from his seat, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. yeah. He never he yeah. never really gets yeah. up from his seat apart from when he meets Roger Moore as Robert Sterling. Yeah. He's very much yeah. about yes, it. Again, yeah. like Graham, you know, she Graham, yeah, you know, in, in later years couldn't bother getting out of the seat, you know. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Like the amount of times I've met your lovely Graham, and now all I can think of now is strawberry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just it now. I didn't really think it. Yeah, there's loads of other look like. She was great. because Stromberg, yeah. really, you know, enjoys this seated position so much. Perhaps he could really do with the like the the business chair from um, Diamonds Are Forever. You know, where you can you've got all the screens, all the business. Yeah. you can just have a massive dump. You don't need to. Move. <laughs> <laughs> How it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What music does he play? 
as he's shutting the screens, I'm sure you all know this, don't you? When he's just sort of said goodbye to them, and Jaws and Sandor are about to come in, and oh, yeah, yeah. their entrance, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's Mozart's Piano Concerto 21. So. <laughs> I was going to say, is it come Beautiful. on, Eileen, please? <laughs> Beautiful music, yeah. Math, Mozart's... Yeah, highbrow that, Chris. Yeah, it is, it is, yeah. The Mozart's clarinet concerto 23 math used in most of the new world. Oh, yeah, of course. Beautiful. Anyway. I love football. Right, here we go. I love football and beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking my Cote de Rhone. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Cote de Rhone tonight as well. <laughs> I cater to all. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, we're right. We've hit another massive moment. Jaws. Yeah. And Sandor. Oh, yeah. They both, they both come in, yeah. And in the background, I, I do believe there were sort of similar characters in, in the book. But Fleming had requested that no elements of his book be used. This was again to do with the rights, wasn't it, and all that. I mean, it sounds a bit babyish, these characters. Sol Horror and Slugsy Morant. Is that right? I mean, that sounds silly, doesn't it? But <laughs> Horror is the one uh, described as having the steel cat teeth. Slugsy, I can't believe I'm saying that name. He, he just, he was bald. So that's, that's, uh, that's the clear inspiration. That was his superpower. Yeah, yeah. The the main bit in my, you know, like when I was reading that book for the first time, I was like, right, okay, okay. Where's Atlantis? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where's the where, water? Where is this? <laughs> yeah. Where are the nukes? What's going on? Yeah. You know, Fleming, uh, like, you've you've done it. You've you've outmastered me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Different. I don't want to jump ahead, but obviously. Who designed the teeth? Was it Ken Adam? <laughs> no, no, it was no. one of the screenwriters who did a. No, no, no it was an uncredited screen. It was a lady, oh, was no. it? Sure, on the documentary. Katarina Kubrick. Yes, that's it. Yes, yes. yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Her dad just popped in to help with the lighting. Yeah. She was yeah. there. She was the production. Like, Unbelievable. He did so some uncredited good. work, didn't he, with the yeah. cinematography? Stanley, didn't he? Yeah. The, the stories yeah. of seventies cinema, the stories of seventies oh. cinema, are just I can't I can't swill enough on all that stuff. It's incredible, isn't it? And remember, yeah. Spielberg was in the frame to direct it, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. so many possibilities, aren't there? But Richard Keel, can you can you name two jobs he had before he was an actor? This is incredible. Well, one of them was quite babyish. Basketball um, player. Don't make us guess because we'll say something quite no, no, expensive, yeah. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's the obvious the choice, isn't it? Who, you know, got the things to the top right now. Yeah. Um, Nightclub <laughs> bouncer is, is the babyish one, but the other one, a maths tutor. No. So crisp. Wow. I love his voice in real life. It's he's American, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to be yeah. honest. <laughs> <laughs> right when when I was a kid, and obviously I've watched by Love Me, I was absolutely buzzing when I watched Happy Gilmore for the first Just time. Just about saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jo- it was like, it's Jaws. It's actually Jaws. Yeah. And that like, I the excitement I got from that because you know for all the arguments that people say about oh his character changes. Blah, blah, blah. In Moonrise, <laughs> he's just so iconic. He is, isn't yeah. He? yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Come on, he's superb. 
seven foot two, babyish, you know, just to tell you how to. <laughs> um, he could only see out of one eye. Yeah, he, he did have obviously quite a lot of health problems. He was turned down for the Incredible Hulk because he wasn't muscular enough. And Arnie was turned down for the Incredible Hulk because he wasn't tall enough. <laughs> he's not. Arnie isn't that. He's only like six yeah. foot. Isn't he? He's not absolutely massive, is he? Um, a bit like Stallone is not not particularly tall. Is he? Anyway, yeah. So he he had already started filming the Incredible Hulk, and that and then it had to be reshot with Lou Ferrino, who's pictured with Harry Pickup as one of the directors. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> shared that on Twitter. Goodness me. <laughs> Incredible look like a bit of Jerry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so these teeth that Katharina Kubrick made, they were extremely painful to wear, apparently. You could only have them in for a few minutes on each take. So he was trying to act, doing comedy role, a bit of a comedy role, while in excruciating pain, so even more kudos to him. And it was pretty dangerous because it was like metal and, you know, if it if had swallowed them <laughs> or something like that, it would be Particularly when you know doing action scenes. You know, what apart from Moonraker? What other part of the James Bond franchise is he in? The extended franchise. Oh, Matt. Is it everything or nothing? The uh, yeah, well done, yeah. brilliant. They use a plot point of that in a, a new James Bond film, apparently. Yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah. <coughs> yeah. Um, no, the cost did not too silly. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he was also in Force Ted from Navarro. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I Harrison Ford's in it. Harrison Ford, yes, he is, apparently. And you've seen it. But no one's seen The Longest Yard. <laughs> the Longest Yard. The Longest Yard, so I have seen that. The Samba. The <laughs> Longest Yard. Gilmore. So. Adam Sandor. Uh, <laughs> that's the harrowing uh, stuff with Rich Kill. Yeah, he he had a really bad uh, car accident at ninety two, and that's why he actually has a cane. If you see him in Happy Gilmore, he had to walk with a cane, and then he he needed a wheelchair before he died. And he was great friends with Roger Moore. So undepressing, like seeing them together, and you know, over all those years, just a top guy. A really Again, babyishly, Roger Moore is just like, he was actually the most gentle guy he's ever met. You know, he's just a normal family guy, wasn't he? He was not. <laughs> just because he's in playing this villain. Well, he's quite a nice guy, is Jaws, isn't he? He's on... Yeah. Well, no. He was. He was. I'll tell you what I like <laughs> as well. It's, it's clear that, um, that he's in charge of Zandor, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's yeah. his line manager. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he does his one-to-ones and when Zandor's off sick, you know, it's Jaws who keeps in contact and does the formal meeting. Jaws! Jaws! Yeah. used to find that funny. Not as funny as you obey me. Expel him! Oh, it's no, used to quote those. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, it gets distorted. It's so loud, isn't it? Right. The guy who played Jean- Shandor he was in another Bond film. Unbelievable. Did anyone know this? Oh, I yeah. Don't know. yeah. Dr. No. Yeah. He was Dr. One of no. The, uh, he was one of the yeah. guards, uh, Dr. No's guards in the main scene. Was he? I did, I, I, I did not realise that no. until I watched it this time. And I was like, that's Sandor. I cannot believe that that is actually Sandor. Who's that? Yeah. Are they, they're not playing the same character. No. He, no, he, he was he, promoted. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, world. Took a demotion. mobility. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so. Well, you know, all the henchmen like, well, I've, I've applied to this guy. He's, he's, a, he's a nutter. Yeah. He's got like this Atlantis-style base. Um, <laughs> you know, hope I get the nod. <laughs> yeah. The reports of being a, you know, a henchman or a villain for Spectre, though, because you get to go to a party in Cuba. <laughs> For Blowfelt's birthday, so just make a joke, but it's not as funny as that. I was just going to say he demoted to Strombo for work life balance because it documented too much, but, but um, yeah. the ocean, yeah. I'd much rather be at a party where there's a mechanical eyeball, anyway. Another incredible fact this guy, Milton Reed, he challenged Harold Sakata to a wrestling match. To determine who would play odd job. Whoa! But the only reason that he didn't get the job as um, as odd, odd job. job, well, apart from, <laughs> apart from that, Sakata was brilliant. Was that well? You've already been in Doctor No, in case people recognise you. But then, well, you're in this now, so that doesn't work. Um, half Indian, and he was a wrestler, hmm. the Mighty Chang. <laughs> Sounds Chinese, but it's amazing. Yeah. It's just yeah. just a babyish uh, bomb name for any Chinese. Uh... It, 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 yeah. <laughs> it is, isn't yeah. it? Perhaps from That's Station right. I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Station C. Well, yeah. you do realise there is somebody from Station I in this film. We'll we'll meet them later. Oh, there is. Yeah, there is. Perfect yeah, time. so they're sent to recover the microfilm, which is basically the. The rabbit's foot, isn't it? I mean, I don't. Yeah. I, I, do we know really? Is it? Is it the plan? Is it the plans for the, the porous and things like that? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But there is. Yeah, it is valuable. Yeah. So, like you say, George is in George. George, George is in charge. <laughs> <laughs> we are in charge here. So, yeah. Does he say something? Everyone who comes into contact with it is to be eliminated. Yeah. And then, because you've seen the film so many times, and I didn't really appreciate this until I watched it last night, was. You didn't know about his teeth until the end of that scene yeah. and it zooms in and he opens them. And you're like, yeah. Wow. So yeah. iconic. Incredible. Oh, so good. Love it. delighted to be there. Yeah, smiles, yeah. Yeah, it's Again, a big right smile. Here. Just a great big smile. <laughs> Got to go kill some people. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And it's a reveal. It's like, oh, well, it's just like it's this massive blow comes in. It's like he's threatening enough. Yeah. No. Yeah. Zoom in. He's now got metal teeth. Yeah, I can cut, imagine the scene cinema. cut. What's yeah. going to happen yeah. next? It's like, yeah, whoa, whoa. yeah, yeah. I, it's yeah, I, I, to be the next scene. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about that at all. But can you imagine in the cinema in '77? <gasps> it was like, oh, yeah, whoa, you know, it would have been, yeah, yeah. Unlike the people more, who left, I? no time. To Don't that, underestimate anyway. how iconic <laughs> this film is, lads. Yeah, I keep saying it, but no, like, it isn't. Yeah, we, we take it. For, we right. take it for granted. <coughs> it, is, it is an absolute trendsetter. This film. It is. It's it more is. than just. Let, oh, let's go back to what made Goldfinger special. It's it's far more than that, isn't it? Oh yeah. I'm not saying it's a better film than Goldfinger. Just for the record, I'm just yeah, it's not. No, it's far more than that because it, it yeah it, it knows what's come before it. Yeah, and it's harder. Yeah, yeah. it is. Sort of yeah. Like. But yeah. how can I be good as that, but yeah. not replicate it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, or use the theme job. Oh, Chris, sheesh! <laughs> Goodness it, me! It, it just highlights how Cubby got Bond. Did he? You no, know, this is his first film. 
and yeah. I know what I know what the audience want. I'm going to throw all this out. Yeah, through loads of money in it, didn't it? And it worked. So. Yeah, it worked. But I don't think there can be another James Bond after Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's got to go, Tom. That yeah. absolutely well, got to we're, go. We're, we're, we're bordering on the... You're listening to Kill James Bond. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't stay in. No the official Bond podcast, yeah. Post 1999. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rob. I'm Simon. And I'm James. We want to talk about those movies. Those supposedly bad movies. Those movies that bombed. To see if they weren't that bad after all, join us every other Tuesday on the For Your Reconsideration podcast, part of the Pod Dojo Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, and all your usual podcast apps. And it won't cost you a solitary bean, mate. <laughs> it's like it's free. <laughs> it's just like it's free. <laughs> the funeral was at sea. Just yeah. a oh, that's a good line. It is. I, I love that. You know, the writing the ob- obituary as well at the same time as cancelling <laughs> <Yeah>. paying them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah he is. Like yeah. we're talking serious economy of storytelling. <laughs> <Yeah. isn't it? laughs> the handshake in the helicopter, and they're like, so and they're like, like yeah, <laughs> great millionaires. <laughs> Poor people, dear. <laughs> Children, what? what? Look, look, I did it for like just a couple of nerds. <laughs> uh, I mean, in defense of Stromberg as well, because it is economical storytelling, but it's consistent with the character. Because later on, he yeah, says, I'm, yeah. not known for, I'm not known for my patience. So he yeah. is very much yeah, about yeah. like, I want yeah. to be efficient, I want to get my job done. And you just think, hey, fair play to you, at least you're consistent all the way through. Absolutely, and when I said economy of storytelling, it's oh, not no, a criticism. No. It's definitely, I, know. Not. I, know. I, I just I wish more movies were like this. Just yeah, oh. boom, done. We're in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're, this, is, this is our therapy, isn't it, Rob? That's it thing. is. It is. Yeah, <laughs> we learned that quite some time ago, didn't we? <laughs> this is where we can get it all out in a safe place. Well, the obvious this wasn't recorded on the same night as the previous. <laughs> Right, where are we up to now? Egypt. We got to Egypt, I think. Good grief. Hang oh, on. my word. Way too fast here. Bond on a camel? Is that one of the only times? It's so or... good. Yeah, I love yeah. Oh, yeah. We need more Bond on a camel in this new, whoever's the new Bond. We need... but, well, it's just, he's part of the, you know, he's in, that's what they do in that country. Yeah. So that's that's how he, you know. Yeah, he doesn't that's... get some special. Yeah. And, and, so, and also, so, no, go on, John. No, I'm just making a terrible joke about Bond on a camel, hoping Henry Cavill gets it. A dromedary <laughs> cavil. Very good. Outstanding. Absolutely. Purvis and Wade would be proud. Yeah, they would. Thank you. <laughs> and then when he gets to the tent, he, he says the word that we, for some reason, have found really funny as kids. That is an Egyptian word that I think is also in um, the Murray Returns. Oh yeah, a film yeah. nowhere near as oh. anywhere near as good as this. Shokran. 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 Well, so ca- nice. ca- I'm so sorry. Can we just go back slightly? You I'm may. So... You may. Yeah. No, we don't okay? want to. Re- we're racing ahead here. <laughs> <laughs> Two very small things. One is, I don't, I don't, I'm not comfortable saying this, but we've not had a James Bond in a long time. No names mentioned a couple of James Bonds ago, did it, but who adopts the culture of where he visits. Mm. 
Yeah. 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 We've not had yeah. that. And I think that's so rad yeah. for this character it to is. do. Is whenever he's there, I mean, I'm, and forgive me, we'll draw a line at prosthetic eye augmentation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, it's so great to see Bond yeah. in a, you know, it's it, like Tim Dalton wearing the, you know, the yeah. um, mm. kefir. Absolutely brilliant. But the other, you know, when I was a kid, I used to say to mum and dad when we were driving on holiday, Fadel Kadir, oh. assuming that's like, how far have we got to go? <laughs> so, are we nearly there yet? In yeah. Oh. Nice cube, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because he because he asks that of his of his guide, doesn't he? As they're going over the dunes. Oh. I mean, Probably the audience more, must now realise we were weird kids. <laughs> <laughs> no offence, Rob. I mean, I absolutely love it, but you know. I mean, we were so weird. <laughs> Mum and Dad, Monitoring like, we're jolly nearly, Kadir. Goodness <laughs> me. Just for the benefit, can you can you remind me of other times when Bond has embraced the culture? Um, is it like I, um, dressed as the dressed the part? Yeah, yeah. Because what I mean with Living Daylights is it's a disguise, isn't it? Ultimately. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to disguise. think. We don't get an awful lot of disguise. Yeah, there's no need for him to be dressed on the camel to meet. No, absolutely not. Contact, yeah. is there? Yeah. No. But it's brilliant. I, should, I love I it. I just think it's a really yeah. ace touch. That it's just so he fits in. amazing. Doesn't yeah. suspicion, isn't it? Obviously, you only have twice. That's a little bit... Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's what I mean about the augmenting appearance. Yeah, until thing. then, We don't really... Still, yeah. You know, but he is, yeah. And he's getting involved with the culture. You know, he's... Because yeah, there yeah. is an element of when he goes to the spa for the first time and, and yeah. they're all waiting on him big time, that he's a yeah. little fish out of water about that. You know, yeah. and but he's embracing it, you know, to the best of his capability. Love it. Yeah, very sexful. It. Very sexful indeed, yeah. But never never has a dump in a bear tree or whatever it was. Just thought of another time. Sorry, very... it's just a, a cheap gag. I apologise. Not on the nose at all that, you know, in Moonraker going, <laughs> going through the uh, Brazilian <laughs> in the, with the poncho and the hat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a beautiful version of the theme, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. The, and the magnificent sound. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Uh, oh, yeah, but I like this. Like disguises, completely underrated. Um, yeah, uh, Craig wore one in Spectre. He had the Day of the Dead or Night. Oh of yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Fair one. Good, yeah, yeah. 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 Not he was a chauffeur driving. in Skyfall yeah. as well. Yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah. Him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I stuck out with a sore thumb. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. really scrambling about. Dressed as a sailor for a bit in No Time to Die. I thought to see him in a fez. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's. That, I think that would be a good look, Daniel Craig. The fez. Your fez looks familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, those. Yeah, yeah. Sweet yeah. 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 <laughs> head around. Yeah. Like, yeah, in Tangier. Yeah. 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 Again, a he's local contact. He's, he's it's hardly it, he's oh. hardly in it, but he's pretty memorable. Yeah. And, and you know, oh yeah, he didn't do but, too well in our best allies tournament. But he, <laughs> he went too far. <laughs> but he, he's That's too lethargic. <laughs> yes, yeah. But oh, I'm well, guessing. He's a business like. 
<laughs> but I'm guessing he's just like I'm guessing he's just a mate of Roger of James Bond, Roger, Roger Bond, James Bond. Roger yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically James, James Bond's Bond, contacted him yeah. and said, Oh, can we meet up? You know, it's yeah. not it's not a contact that M's given him. No, it must be one off his own back because yeah. it's obviously a mate from uni or whatever. Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. like, have you, have you guys ever met a mate from uni who's got an oasis in the desert? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Well, <laughs> <Kevin and Harry>. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Nigel Farage, didn't anybody else? Yeah, yeah, there, is, yeah. there is an element, yeah. But Very I'm not sure element. Nigel Farage would be dressing up as, uh, you know, <laughs> well, we know, unless <laughs> mockingly so at some horrible party. <laughs> Yeah, a spectre party, perhaps. Yeah. He'd still be in his mustard slacks sat in that tent, yeah. wouldn't he? The, the irony of Nigel Farage being called Hussein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, what, what Hussein said didn't didn't contain any lies, so that's a <laughs> right. difference. Uh, yeah. They? Yeah, more never lies. Well, well, well. Oh. but I, I do, I do love the way um, D'Souza's lines—they seem to fall out of his mouth like oh, yeah. a teacup yeah. overflowing. Yeah. Like the James Bond is so good to see him. What a beautiful yeah. man! Please <laughs> do sit down, man. They're just like I can't do enough breath. They're just like rolling out of his face. I love, sorry, Rob. I love how you know, we were we were basically implying that Farage is a bit racist. No one had a problem with that. But then he lied. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Take time is six minutes. Six minutes. Check. Information. Roger Moore's. Yeah. I love, oh. I love information. And it's information. so basic, the information. It's like, you know, the person yeah. you need to, like, you, you need to go to Max Kelber, but you know, in order to find Max Kelber, you need to go to Fekesh. Yeah, you, you won't get it off. Yeah. It's, it's just I, I do love it. Okay. You know, the, the general theme here is that, like, right, thanks for coming, James. You want to go to see Max Calvert, but you got to go and see Fakesh. Also, Mrs. Mrs. Fakesh. Um, but we're going to make sure you have a quick shag before you go. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's fair. that's it. That's it. To be fair, he just try and he says, well, no, I've got to go or something. And then yeah. And then he, around. yeah, it's, oh. a great, it's such Roger acting, like, oh. uh, well. Just oh. <laughs> so one, earnest. Two, yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm so sorry, but like, how many times do you think I've said this? But like, change the location. Yeah. So like, you know, recently, like, <laughs> you know, with with my family, I was in Great Yarmouth, and like, should we have another one? Like, when one is in Great Yarmouth, <laughs> must delve deeply into <laughs> the Sea Life Centre. Yes. yes. <laughs> we were in a soft play centre that had a bar at the time. <laughs> it was honestly the Guinness in there was outrageously good. Wow. Unacceptable. I think I've been there with you, Robert. I think you have, mate. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah, one is well. in Great Yarmouth, one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, but like the, the the place is interchangeable. The line is perfect. Oh, it is, yeah. Yeah. It's not the way he turns to him, isn't it? It's just, oh. and then it cuts. You don't need yeah. to see it. Yeah, no, no, I love that. We don't need to see that. Like, that. can you imagine if that, like, we cut to like Brosnan and Jinx lovemaking scene? Yeah. Like, oh dear, no, no. You're a tertiary character. We don't need this. A little but how good is it that that's it for for Hussein? We just don't have that. Yeah, yeah. No backstory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a couple of lines. Went to Cambridge together. Yeah, exactly. But but like you know, we've been told by Stromberg that anybody who is uh, comes in contact with the film 
is going to be killed. Hussein obviously has some kind of contacts with these kind of people because he knows everything about it. We, we, it's completely ambiguous if Hussein's killed later on because he has contacts or anything of the sort, and it just leaves the audience guessing. And it's just brilliant. It, that, that's all we want. It's a one scene. What is it? 40 years later, we're still talking about Edward D'Souza. Yeah. And that's just amazing. That's amazing. And that is what we want. These one scene characters who just add so much to this franchise. Look, it's just part of the problem class. there is that because everyone's a name. So in No Time to Die, Anna de Amas, it's like, oh, she wasn't in it enough. But, you know, she was in it for exactly the right amount. It's just because you liked her and she's a famous actress now. You wanted more of her. But what? Would, why would she be in it any longer? You know, you've, you've got it has to service the plot and it has to be a normal mm-hmm. character bond doesn't need to spend loads of time with everybody. Yeah. The whole history of the franchise is he meets loads of people all across the world and he needs them as contacts. And, you know, occasionally, of course, in the John Glenn era, they get a bit more personal and get a bit more harrowing and it's done brilliantly. But but do you, do you think that that's an audience issue? Because, like, Anna yeah. Duramas is, personally for me, thinking about it, the best thing in no time to die yeah and as opposed to appreciating the one scene that she has it's all like no give me more 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 but no no she's a cuban contact she serves the plot she doesn't need to be more that is actually in fairness the purpose and way to give him enough criticism but that's (laughs) correctly written that she serves the purpose in cuba yeah yeah We'd all be complaining if Raoul turned up after being in Cuba in Iceland. We'd all be like, what? what <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Because it's it's the contacts in that place, and that's yeah. the right way to write, and it just as it is for Hussein in Egypt. So really, Raoul should have been in No Time to Die, is the no? Because he's not CIA. Oh, we could have Raoul and Anna Diamas. Oh, flipping it! Sheesh. Charisma is bigger than both of us. Yeah. Uh, have we talked about actually mentioned the Coronation Street reference yet? Well, oh, yes, we just said it, but no, he's um, Colin Grimshaw, Eileen's Eileen's dad. Yes. It, <laughs> yeah, we just oh, in the uh, in the Allies. Yeah, it wasn't he a bit of a. Com- I mean, she's a comedy character, but it was is he a bit of a comedy character as well? John, did you watch I, it? I I watch Coronation Street on and off. I don't really remember Edward D'Souza in <laughs> in uh, in Coronation Street. Although I do remember I I, I mean Eileen Grimshaw. Yeah. But I've got to be honest. I'm on the IMDb Pro Pro find <laughs> Edward D'Souza. Edward D'Souza of Portuguese Indian descent, born. In Hull. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I'll stop chatting on. I've had far ah. too much wine. <laughs> <laughs> I'd really like to know about his 38 episodes on Coronation Street as well. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So yeah. incredible, that. And you were also last in, time. in the grave as well. Was it? Was he? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for part two of our epic The Spy Who Loved Me review. But join us for part three, where Bond goes to Egypt and encounters Anya and Jaws. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.